Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 187 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, it's me, Garrick, with ACG. I saw you trying to hold back that laugh. With the... I, I was this entire time. I don't want to say what happened, but something hilarious with the dogs happened. Continue. I apologize. <laughs> All right. Go, go for it, cowboy. And I am fighting cowboy. Back for uh, round two electric boogaloo on the podcast. Yes, indeed. <laughs> This time, Cowboy's out for some revenge. You know, last time the mic really wasn't having it, but uh, we got that one <laughs> all set up. We're good now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we are, we are no longer potato mode. <laughs> Very important stuff. Uh, Cowboy, what are, you, what are you working on lately? Uh, any big projects on the horizons? Any, any games you're looking forward to playing? Let us I mean, we have, we, we have Sekiro coming up, which is, you know, going to be the new love child of Miyazaki. So I think everyone's definitely getting hyped for that. Um, Even with that if I had to pick one thing. I, I, from what I've heard, they're supposed to be pretty hands off. So I am gonna, I'm gonna keep Maddie my faith can't, in Miyazaki. Maddie can't stop though, Cowboy. He's got to mention the Activision. <laughs> you notice that? No. Yeah. Like, what about Activision? <laughs> so the, you have to interject, interrupt, go for it. Keep going. Sorry. I, I think, I think Activision will stay hands off because otherwise the Japanese fan base will absolutely crucify them. That's a big market they can't piss off. So we'll. Mm. That's, I mean, you think about it, loot boxes and and all the scummy shit Activision does. We see that a lot in the Western audience, but. From what I understand, it's not as big overseas. And so if they try to pull the same shenanigans, I think we're going to see some real big backlash. Interesting. That's actually not a point I considered. Cool, cool. Uh, that's Sekiro's in March, right? Middle of March, yeah. I think? Yeah. Pretty close. Be serious. It's, be, com- be very it's coming up. To see how that lines up. I mean, it looks cool. Gameplay-wise, what I've seen, it looks awesome. I'm just interested to see what they do with a, a single-player experience. Because part of Souls is, you know, you have to balance it around multiplayer so you know spells can't be too overtuned certain things have to be you know kept within the sphere realm of keep it balanced for everybody you know encounters are balanced around having potentially three people in and they're getting a chance to make a solo balanced experience more god of war if you will so i'm, I'm curious to see what happens yeah i guess we'll see in due time uh as always if you guys would like to support the show you can head over to our patreon dot uh, com slash mr maddie plays you can flick a buck Flick a buck. Whoa, sorry. Oh, man. Whoa, Carrick was out of it there, man. <laughs> I was trying to find something for you, but I can't find it. Continue. <laughs> no, you're good. I stuttered while doing my link anyway, so that was just a really jumbled one. But anyway, if you do want to flick a buck, you can go ahead, do that on the Patreon, early access to the show. You also get Patreon-exclusive videos, Discord access, which is the best part, I always say. So go ahead and get involved yeah. in our community. Carrick has one as well. Cowboy, do you have a Patreon? I do not. Do not. Not. Subscribe Wait, to Patreon. Subscribe to the Cowboy on Twitch. Man. Yeah, I could. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, throw him a, a free Twitch Prime sub. Um, and but, with all of that out of the way, now we can get into the first news bit, which is about Anthem. So this weekend is the VIP beta for Anthem. I was actually over time building. A little bit of anticipation for this game because when I saw IGN first gameplay, I thought, hey, this looks like a fun time. A lot of the animations look slick. It looked fun to be a part of. It reminded me a bit of when I first, first, first saw Destiny. I'm talking, I think that was back in, like, what, 2013, I want to say, where the gameplay was really smooth and it looked like something we hadn't seen much of in the past. So, um... When I really took a deep dive into Anthem, I, I started to like what I saw and was looking forward to playing this beta. But now, at this point in time when we record the podcast on Friday, there's going to be a reason we're not like headlining this in our in our titles because this is subject to change. But at the moment, there's been some real big problems when it comes to the beta and people even getting into play. 
Now, I think a lot of us expected, uh, like with any big online launch, some to be a little bit of server issues off the bat. Um, I think the only game that launched server-wise on launch day and I, recently that I can think of and didn't have a ton of disconnects uh, from my experience was actually Fallout of all games. But, I mean, it had a, enough beta time, I think, to iron that out. But what do you guys think right now of the, the, the start of the Anthem beta? I, I know, Cowboy, you were getting into it with some people on Twitter about uh, the status of this launch. So I, w- I want to hear from you first, man. Oh, this happens. Go for it one more time. You you were cutting out. Oh no, no! Don't tell me. No, no, you're good now. You're good now. We're good. Okay. I was about to say. I was like, no, not like this. (laughs) No, but so this happens with every single launch. Um, and you know that every everybody everyone becomes an expert. Everyone's an expert on on how to code in, in game servers. And the reality is, you know, they're not gonna quadruple their server load just for a test because. Peak launch hours are obviously going to be different from concurrent, and you don't want to multiply your server size just to downsize it and then run into that potential issue. So, like, this is to be expected. This is, you know, run-of-the-mill for demos, run-of-the-mill for betas. I mean, I I can't think of a launch where I actually was there the first minute, got in a game without issue, and I understand people are a little upset, but, like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's gamer entitlement, man. People are, they, they want... You know, I paid sixty dollars for this game. I expect my beta access now. Like, I know EA gets a lot of shit, but these people are expecting EA to like foon speed them a, a perfect experience right off the bat. And it's like, this mm. is the purpose of demos and betas is to work this shit out so that at launch it's not a problem. Now, to be fair, if this happens at launch after happening now and then potentially happening next week during the open beta, then I think there's a problem. So it's like, all right, you've had two chances to iron things out. Why is this still happening? But as a as a first reaction being like burn the company re it's just it's too much yeah see my my thought was more so that i always expect these beta issues because it gives companies a good excuse to earn some good pr by saying we've extended the beta here's another weekend to play stuff like that's that. that's what my tweet was about the yeah. exact same thing right i, I didn't see that but you know i i feel like that's where they're going with it they'll iron it out uh, Bioware's been about good PR as of lately. I've covered that a bit on the channel. Like when they said that the, the point of the demo is because your money's hard-earned. That's why they did it. Let's be honest. You know, there, I think there is some goodwill in there, but I think part of it's also just to test the game. It makes the most sense for an online product uh, to avoid issues like Cowboy said at launch such as these. But um, I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw, because this is the VIP beta, the one that you either, you, you have to pre-order to get in. So you're either putting $5 down at a local store and going through the whole process to get your code there, or there are people who paid $60 off the bat because they just want to buy and play Anthem, and their money's already out there. So Bioware, I imagine, will feel the need and more than likely will extend the beta uh, whether it's during the weekdays or if they maybe just carried off into the weekend for another day or two right now. Uh, I'm personally unsure of, or maybe they just do it for another weekend before launch. I don't know how many weekends we have till Anthem. Um, Cause I know it comes out after all the games that happen before, right on the 15th of February, where it's like a, a flurry of games. And I think the week after is Anthem. So and I got a, I got a list here. I'll, I'll check. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, we I think there would be time for them to squeeze in one more beta if they, if they have yeah. to. Yeah, we got Anthem on the 22nd, and the the big flurry is the week before on the 15th. 15th is Crackdown, Dead or Alive, Far Cry, Jump Force, Metro. So they, yeah, they have a solid week before everything. 
Right, right. Okay, so I I think that would put them, because those games come out on a Tuesday, so that would put the weekend before Anthem. You know, it, would it be interesting to see Bioware say, hey, we've added another beta, it's the weekend before the game comes out, progress carries over. That would be interesting to see. And I, I think I wouldn't be too surprised if that was their response to this because uh, I think it would earn some goodwill, and people would be like, yeah, Anthem, which is what they're really trying to do with this game. Every step of the way, it's always been like, forget Andromeda, forget Inquisition, yeah, now Bioware, let's go Bioware kind of thing. So they're trying to win consumers over in any way. Um, but Carrick, what, what do you think about this? I mean, the biggest issue, like I was talking to um, some people from a website who track this kind of thing, and they were saying the biggest issue is it's really regardless of whether they know there's going to be an issue or not, the VIP beta is the purchase beta, which means they knew the server number load, the max server number load it could be. And um, the, especially when you talk to developers, they never want a negative experience, ever. It never pays off, even though I was joking about it on my Twitter and saying like uh, that this was all on purpose and it was like a, a right. stra- sort of a strategic issue. But overall, I would say that they're certainly not happy, especially when they had the four major tweet, uh, Twitter or Twitch um, streamers stop streaming midstream and just say, we're fucking done. That was like 100,000 watchers at that time. Mm. Um, and that was live during the thing. And they were contacted to stream this. I don't think EA would have said, hey, guys, we want you to stream this, but we're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Like, or we know it's gonna, yeah, I, we I know should, there's going to be an issue. I should clarify just in case. Like, um, I don't think no, it's I don't a conspiracy think, theory. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. No, 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 no. I don't, and I'm not saying that. We were joking about it. Um, but I think that I get where people come from because they paid money, and this is a VIP demo, so it it's, it carries a different connotation to it than a normal demo does. Um, I know personally for myself, not only was it difficult to get into, but it was it's pretty ragged, like overall. Which then you look at a month, you think gold certi- certification. Then you also think Premiere, remember this is coming out for Premiere members ten or seven days before, seven or ten, whatever it comes out, early for them versus normal consumers. And you're actually getting quite close to the repeat of the Crew 2 beta, which was not a beta. They said it was, but it was not a beta. It was actually the final, and they lied. And so what I think a lot of people are nervous is that we're getting so close now up to these release dates that not a lot can change. Server numbers, I'm okay with. I think you're going to see some fluctuations, people not being able to log in. But what I was seeing inside the game, that was more disturbing to me this morning when I was playing it. That was actually far more worrisome than the people not being able to log in was what I was seeing once I did get in and trying to figure out, you know, can they adjust their post-processing, you know, to to do this or that? Can they optimize this or that? So in the end, though, it's not going to matter until it comes out. It still sucks. Like anybody who's mad, I'm like, I get you. But at the same time, not out yet. So makes me wonder once it comes out. um... Yeah, there, there are plenty of, uh, of gamers who are, are most excited for Anthem. That's their title. They're mm-hmm. looking forward to different walks of life. Totally get it. I just feel like with so much other cool stuff coming out, too, that um, I would not have ended up reserving my weekend solely for the Anthem beta. Anthem. Even as someone yeah. who is... Or I keep calling it the beta. Demo. Because there's a whole difference on that. Oh, so do I. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, right. no. But it's, it's totally normal because nowadays everything is a beta because it's like that sizzle word in marketing yeah. and and so demo it's actually kind of refreshing to be able to call something a demo um but i just i feel like even if i were a huge anthem fan and it was the one game i was looking forward to that i would have made time for resi 2 
I absolutely yeah. would have yeah. because yeah, it right. just got out of this world reviews. And then you see Kingdom Hearts 3 out of this world reviews that has a li- really large fan base. Um, so I, I just feel like, especially if you know the open beta is next week. And, and as I said, I, I believe it is a very safe assumption that they're going to extend the beta at some point in time. We, we've seen so many. I don't remember the last beta that came out where, where they don't go. And we're now going to extend it an extra yeah. couple of days because you asked so much. And it's, it's and here's your juicy fruit skin for yeah. trying to sign in and not being able to. <laughs> yeah. Here's a cool cosmetic for being a part yeah. of the beta. It's like, all right, guys, thanks. But, uh, yeah, so I, I guess I wouldn't personally react as hard. I know people think, you know, I despise modern Bioware. Um, I'm really more so willing to give Anthem a chance because the, the rumor is, like, this is their A-team. This is the A-team. This yeah. is the one that makes the really good stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm reserving my opinion, and I'm not trying to blast them every step of the way uh, unless given real reason to. And for me, personally, I guess, you know, I, I didn't have my weekend reserved for Anthem, so it wasn't like I'm really too up, upset about I'll it. I'll blast them. I'll replace you then. <laughs> By all means. You want me to replace you? Well, dude, it's it. they should have called it a fucking beta, right? Right. It, instead of the demo, because a demo does indicate a finished product sliced out of something. That's usually what a demo indicates. They said it Not was always. Gold, right? recently they did mm. um even though let's be honest digital gold and real gold are you know when it comes to certification process are different but right, um right. you're no you're at, like so i think what happens is you and i are both pretty we're either neutral to bioware or maybe on the negative side depending on what they might release mm. and how they're doing it what i feel with anthem is if any company should have got it right on their fucking vip demo it was these guys and See, I, that's the thing that's really nerve-wracking to me. If they called it a beta, then it would be, even just terminology-wise, would be a different situation. But it's called a demo, and people expect something. PR, bad PR is something I'm uh, getting accustomed to now, where somebody uses the wrong explanation for something. Look at Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hey, it's I'm about choice, there. but there's no choice. Because, <laughs> like, on, on one hand, I, I very much agree. This is... I, I feel... This is a beta. They wanted to go with demo because beta has had a lot of negative connotation to it lately yeah. with, you know, early access and the beta version and people are tired of it. You know, they expect a half-assed product, whereas, like you said, demo refers to something that's more finished. But on the other hand, I mean, when you look at what they're trying to do, they're trying to create, you know, the, the, the persistent world, the hubs and all that. Bioware doesn't really have that background at all. Yeah. And while EA, I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing them any bones here. EA is a huge company. They should have had their shit right. But the closest thing I think they have to this many concurrent people would probably be Battlefield. I mean, you don't see numbers like this on, on Madden or FIFA or, or The Sims. So, to and an extent, Republic, right? Yeah, it, it kind of is their their first rodeo in a while of you know making a uh, I don't want to say a Destiny game, but you know it's it's a giant open world where everybody's logged in. Yeah. I do think it's an oversight. They should. I mean, like you said, they they did have the numbers. They should have planned for it. But I can't really say I'm that surprised, yeah. knowing that they were, you know, it's like the first time they've tried to do something like this in, in God knows how many years, you know. I guess I, I always personally, maybe my disappointment is less than others because I always expect this every time a online beta of any kind happens. I always, always, Agreed. always expect it. So when it, I, I don't set time aside for it, if if it works out, it works out. Um, you know, there, I remember like with the, the Fallout 76 beta, it worked fine for me. That was cool. Uh, Blackout, 
uh, Black Ops 4's Blackout beta. That worked fine for me, so it was all right, cool, but I definitely was not reserving time for it in the sense of my day was solely based around it because nine times out of ten, or in this case eight times out of ten, uh, they're not going to work. They're going to fail somehow, and it's going to get delayed. So I guess... I don't know if part of its expectations as well, would you guys say? I'm not trying to put this, I'm not trying to take any heat off of EA. I'd be the last person to do so. But um, do you think that expectations might have been in the wrong place too, that Anthem was going to you know, come out and, and have the beta right immediately? Um, now, this is without considering, I guess, the idea that they had known, okay, based off these pre-orders here, we know we have 1.2 million players possibly coming into this beta. Um, the other thing, though, is that I think uh, to tackle, tap onto that point, tack onto that point, sorry, is that when you get a VIP code, you can refer up to three friends who then can mm-hmm. get access to the beta. So um, when we look at what Cowboy had said about how, well, they could increase the server load, but then they'd have to downsize it again. Then if they if they looked at those numbers and anticipated, okay, if every single one of these people did three friends, then we'd have up to five point something million. But let's say only a couple people do that and some people do two, some people do three, some people don't do it at all, then maybe we should sit around the two million mark. So I feel like it was uncertain. They just had to guesstimate for the server. So that's why I said, do you think expectations might have been a bit out of place with this one or what? Well, I think also... I mean, they made a website, refer a friend, mm. where you, you go and enter the code. That means they had to fucking spend who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars putting the back end for referring friends and all this stuff. Mm. At some point, you have to say, your preparation then was in the wrong fucking spot. Your preparation should have been in getting the people who paid for it actually able to play your game. Because those are the ones who are going to get more mad. My friend who I give a code to, fuck him. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? You know, like, uh, that doesn't bother me if he can't play, but I can't, then that's an issue. And they they worked up to that. They don't just, you know, the refer a friend website and all of the back-end infrastructure didn't magically happen. They had to build that and plan around that. So my assumption is they were still planning for, you know, the, the max amount. They could have planned for half, but I think almost all the time they're still, you know, they're going to shoot for as many as they can and a preparation for as many as they can. I don't know if expectations are too high, but I think... We all have experiences different. So you and I have been through this. Oh, and Cowboy, I've been through this a long time, but I have a friend who's only 21. And he has no clue why Anthem's not working. Mm -hmm. Because he's brand new to gaming. He has absolutely no, there's no drawn history. There's no nothing. So to him, when you enter into gaming and you pay your money, you expect to get something back, it's not working. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I will say, especially console owners. Yeah. I think that, I think we can all agree, console owners really do expect things to work a little better because it's well, yeah, a solitary platform. Say, yeah. It's literally, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, and PC owners, we're used to it, right? Like yeah. we, we're yeah. used to, like you've got a PC with this graphics card and I've got the same one, but we're getting 20 frames difference on the FPS and we're like, what the hell's happening? We're accustomed to it, I think, a little bit more. I think probably we're seeing a lot of console owners more than, I could be wrong, but it feels like a lot of console owners would it's be more funny apt you say to complain. That because, and I don't think this makes anything factual, but when I actually did see a stream live for Anthem, I realized, oh, IGN's streaming it. Let's see what, what it's looking like. Maybe they're just sitting at the menu. It'd be interesting. And when I clicked on it and I was watching, he mentioned something about how the keyboard and mouse controls felt nice. So he was playing on PC. I don't know if that, do you, you think 
because I, I didn't took a deep dive into it. I just saw people kind of bitching on the TL on Twitter. Um, but do you think that maybe this is something that pertains to one platform or another? Like most of the no, I think it's think I think it's all of them playing around console. Yeah. No, it's, but, yeah, it's I think them. it's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of them. Okay. I think I think the problem is is like Eric said, they have the numbers, and I guess part of this is just me being disillusioned to it at this point. In in a perfect world, yeah, they should have, you know, doubled server size for whatever the max possible is. But I've just been through so many releases at this point and, and yeah. seen this so many times. I mean, World of Warcraft. I have friends that are like, oh, yeah, the new expansion's launching. Let's stay up. But I'm like, I'll, I'll, play, <laughs> I'll play it on Sunday when it's... <laughs> right, right. You know, so I'm used to it. I so it's like, on one hand... That. It it is bullshit that they didn't have their servers um, ready to go. That they didn't have the number they needed. And at the same, I feel like I'm just I just accept it because that's become the norm of the industry, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Hmm. You know what else is a little weird is the fact that in a way this is bear with me, people who are going to get mad instantly. This is sort of a good thing because I don't think any company wants to have this issue on day one. So. What's cool is it's happening now. It sucks. And we're going to report it and people are going to be mad about it. But I bet you on day one, they're like, oh, fuck. Because that company of all the companies does not want another problem right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, uh, uh, well, them and, you know, there's multi, there's a couple companies that don't want problems, but they're one of them. And I really do feel that this, it focuses everybody in a team too. And everybody on the outside's looking, going, what the fuck? And people are like, okay, we do need to make sure on day one, when when people sign into Premiere and they get it early, that fucking thing works, and um, and doesn't have these connection issues. So in a weird way, it's sort of cool that it's happening now, and they don't rest on their laurels and go, okay, it's working, and then you know they work on other stuff, and we get in there, and no one can connect. Mm-hmm. So sort of a weird way to look at it, but it's the only positive I can take from. It. Right on. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, as this episode goes live, Anthem sorted out, and these are just uh, post mortem on the on the Anthem beta struggles. But what won't be out soon is Metroid Prime 4. So Nintendo released Mm. a development update on YouTube. It was a video that disabled comments, too, because they expected a huge blowback, which most folks were actually very, not most, almost all folks I saw were very understanding about the delay for Metroid. They announced that the entire development of Metroid Prime 4 had been scrapped. So the game is gone. And they are restarting with Retro Studios, who I believe formerly had developed the previous Metroid Prime games. So, now, I've only played Metroid Prime 1. The reason I did not go back now and play 2, and um, pretty much any other Metroid game, was because I know that Nintendo has a Metroid Prime trilogy of some kind sitting there. And I've seen so many other content creators connected to nintendo talk about it uh spawn wave i've seen liam robertson talk about it how there is a a metroid pro triumph i can't say it metroid prime trilogy ready for switch it's coming out sometime in the first half of 2019 that's what everyone's saying it seems to be the rumor it was supposed to be announced in december uh but no one knew why it wasn't announced in december now we know why because probably the studio retro studios who people were like why are they not working on it in the first place uh they were probably working on the trilogy getting that functioning and now they're moving on to the new version of metroid prime 4 that's at least my guess here but 
What do you guys think about this delay? Good news for the game? Good news for gamers, maybe? Thoughts on Metroid Prime in general? Fire away. Whoever wants to Go ahead, Cowboy. I, I think it's good news, man. Anytime a game gets delayed like this, um, you know, another good example is uh, is uh, Code Vein. Like, I've been waiting for that. That was supposed to drop back in, in September, and a lot right. of people were upset, you know. Like, we still don't have a date on it, but, you know, I'd rather a game take an extra year and be an amazing product than get it now and have it be a steaming pile of shit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not the first time we've seen this where, where you know, I was looking forward to the, the Phantom Dust remaster, and Microsoft basically just scrapped it because, and, you know, stuff came down the grapevine that apparently the studio that was making it was putting together what was basically a pile of shit. And imagine if we had the new Metroid Prime 4 came out, but it was nothing that people expected. It was a complete departure from the series. It, you know, controls were wonky. It didn't follow the story, whatever the case is. There would be outrage. So mm-hmm. while it sucks to see that it got canceled, at least we know it's back in, you know, it's, it's in the hands of the creator and we can just hope that they're going to do right by the series and make something that we will enjoy when we eventually get it. Right on. What about you, Carrick? No, I agree. I, I think it's I think it's the best out of a bad situation. Um, this is their version of Scalebound all of a sudden, except without with Scalebound, Microsoft didn't continue with Platinum, and this is a, a, a total different company. I think it's fine. I think that that's what happens sometimes, and you have to understand a company basically got fifty percent of the way through and said fuck, we're not going the other fifty percent. That takes a shit ton of balls. Yeah, to just be like in this in. In the current situation where a out or where a demo is not working, we're in a current situation of all these game companies doing all this crazy shit. Nintendo just puts their foot down and says, "Fuck it, scratch it." Microsoft is very good about this as well. Both of these companies are like, "Let's cut that out," and maybe they have to. Maybe they're not like Sony, where they can, you know, maybe they do need that success. I don't think they do, but certainly not Nintendo. But I think it makes sense. It's it's, it's Metroid Prime. Do we want another fucking Master Chief Collection bullshit edition again? Like taking the main IP from a company and just gutting it and destroying like any goodwill people had towards Halo. Like what a abomination of a release. What if Prime had done that? What if you know Nintendo had come out and said, oh, here's the game. It is a departure, like you said, and it wasn't good. That would have been a far bigger issue, I think, for Nintendo than if they scrap it. We are waiting two years, of course, now, which sucks. 2.5 probably for the next. I thought for it'd be it longer out, than that, but... two and a half years. That's... I would short. assume that they, that is very short, but I would assume that there will be some uh, reuse of assets and stuff. Most likely, they're going to take the assets from the other game. Now, they may scrap it and say, we're starting all over, and then, yeah, you, you, you possibly see three or four, but then you might look at the uh, Switch's uh, predecessor at that point. Hmm. If we're talking, don't you guys believe that in by 2023 or 24, we'll probably have already heard, if not already own Switch 2s? Or do you guys not? I feel Maybe like I'm wrong next year we're going to see an upgraded version of this. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm sort of wondering about that, too. It could be backwards compatible. Yeah. I mean, hopefully by that point I can just plug a, you know, plug something to <laughs> the back of my head and go full uh, right. <laughs> sword art You're online. You're a VR mode. fan like me, maybe? No. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah for sure, dude. For sure. Yeah, I, I personally uh, have not played a lot of the Metroid Prime series, but have, have either of you? You guys like it a lot? I've never really gotten too heavy into it uh i played through one played a little bit of two but it's never until the yeah, switch definitely. i was always kind of a meh nintendo fan like i grew up with the 64 but through the whole nintendo's puberty phase with the wii and all that i kind of just shunned them away mm. what about you Carrot? no i'm identical the switch skyrim and a couple other games caught got me to like really like the switch 
I, w- I was not a huge Nintendo fan. I didn't have a Wii U at all. I had a Wii because friends would come over. N64 because I think just because. Yeah, yeah everybody had you know, Smash. Yeah, on. yeah. It was almost like when somebody said, do you not have an N64? And you're like, well, well. You got it, and then I never played it. I played the other systems, whether it be Sega or whether it be PlayStation. Yeah. So to me, this is, um, yeah, it's like my first really deep, other than the SNES, it's my first really super deep dive into a into a console from them. Yeah, now that you guys mention it, probably my deepest dives were the DS. Uh, oh, right. N64, no, you're right. I had a DS. Yeah. And GameCube, for sure. Yeah. We, I had a DS, but we I, kind I feel like of. But I played a, a lot of different. GameCube games there. So it's like. GameCube, Eternal. What was that? They had, they had Eternal Darkness. Is that what it was called? That was the one where you could go cra- You went crazy over time. Made by the guys who made Two Human. What other games uh, they have on the GameCube? One. They Rogue, had Smash. Rogue, they had they had Smash and they had X Wing, right? Didn't they have that amazing Rebel Assault game or whatever? They had t- I thought they had two, uh, uh, like uh, Star Wars games. The two the two amazing flight. I never like, played Star Wars on my on my GameCube. Now, oh, now that you mention it, I always wow. played that on my original Xbox or my PS2. Oh, yeah, man. Battlefront. The Battle those Front, Battlefront games. Uh, yeah. I remember Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, uh, there was that launch game that came with the original Xbox that had Tetris and Star Wars something, but it was pretty much a vehicle-based game. Oh. And then there was one arena mode where you'd go into the Geonosis arena, and and you just have a lightsaber and you could run around and and kill Geonosians, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah, That's cool. It, it was one of the coolest discoveries <laughs> I ever made in a game. I still didn't yeah. because it was completely awesome. different from the rest of the entire title. Um. Republic Commando is another one that comes to mind. Yeah, I, I don't remember ever playing a GameCube game that had Star Wars on it. But I yeah, think, look, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, like Rebel Assault or Galactic Assault. It, it was like a Starfighter game, right? Yep. Okay. I'm looking it up. Star Wars. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was, it on was PS2. Rogue Leader. That's what it was. It. Rogue. Yeah, they had uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader, and Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Uh, one, I believe, and both of those were GameCube, and they were they're considered even now like two of the premier Star Wars games. Hmm. They're, they're they're pretty much my only exam. Uh, my only. Yeah, I have a. Uh, I have that's what it is on PS2. I tried for the first time like three years ago. It was I think it was called Jedi Starfighter. And yeah, I played it with split screen with a friend. Oh my god, it barely fucking ran. It was <laughs> so bad. It was split so screen, bad. baby. Yeah, console it, split screen. Yeah, it was not a good time. Mm. Did either <laughs> one of you guys play the Pod Racer one, Star Wars Pod Racer? No, only type of racing no? I ever did was Swoop Racing in Kotor. Swoop Race, you nerd. Uh, yeah, I know, right? me, me too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. There was one on. I think it was on N sixty four that you were. I don't remember. It was like supposed to be. Basically, what would have been around episode seven, and you played a bounty hunter. And I remember there was a mission where you had to to swing swing one of the planes around and, and tangle up the legs of like the the AT Walker. Oh, and then I remember there being some robot bounty hunter that would just beat your ass. It took me like <laughs> six hours to beat it, and uh, I'm pretty sure my brain just like got rid of most of the memories after that. Of course, did you? Does to protect itself? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like trauma. Um, did you guys? Either one of you guys play Unleashed? Uh, the, yeah, the Star Wars. I, 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 I like. I thought they. I yeah, I thought they Even were the pretty one. enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, me too. 
They're just satisfying to play. Like, I know that people yep. have qualms with the story and the length of the games, but I always thought that the Force powers and seeing Euphoria in action with Star Wars was always... Oh, yeah. Wasn't that awesome. insane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you played those games to basically just break stuff and beat up people. Like, that's mm-hmm. what made it fun. I didn't come for the story. Yeah, same. I couldn't tell you a thing other than the main character's name is Starkiller. That was probably... And that actor does a D&D game with Freddie Prunes Jr. that is hilarious. He, he DMs a game. Sam Whip... Whip... Wit Witwire, Wit something like Witwire. He does, but you're right. It is a Sam, and he does a D and D game with Freddie Prince Jr. and co- a couple of his friends, and it is fucking hilarious, man. It is so awesome to watch. I like it. I'm sort of nerdy like that. I like it when an actor who you know is in a game, you find out that they're actually a gamer. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's such a dumb thing to care about, but I always love here when you find out that you know somebody well, somebody like, likes the. Actual see, I wouldn't thing call it dumb because I feel I feel it indicates as if when I'm talking to a level designer that they don't go into work, design levels, and then come home and do whatever, but they actually play games still because it shows yeah. a investment in what they love to do that they can play it for that long or, in, in Sam's case, voice it for so long and still come home and want to play stuff that involves it. Sometimes you just want to mentally detach from anything involving that thing you're constantly doing. So I think it shows a, a level of passion, interest, enjoyability, in, or enjoyment in uh, what they're doing. I don't care. That's a perfect word, though. I'm going to start using that. Enjoyability. Enjoyability. Yeah. That's amazing. I man. almost made it up right <laughs> on the spot. I was like, No, you did. We're going to go with that. I love it. I love it. I was like, Enjoyment. Let's stick with real words. <laughs> That's how cool it is, right? You got to make up words for it. That's when you know. All right. Moving on to the next travesty. Just really wasn't a good week when you think about it. We've got Star Wars Kotor news and not the good kind. So, uh, a couple months ago, we found out that the fan remake was shut down. That was sad. But now we've learned that Bioware and EA have multiple have throughout multiple times tried to make KOTOR 3. Um, now, this was coming from a tweet from Jason Trier where he just responded to someone who was talking about how, man, it'd be cool to see another KOTOR. And all he said was, I know that they've tried multiple times. We've heard about in the past KOTOR has been attempted, but we didn't know it was a multiple occasion thing where Bioware kept knocking at the door. Now, Jason Trier had caught wind of the stories being made of this through various press sites, YouTube videos. I made one. I know Young Yan made one. He called out Young Yan, naturally. And so, um, what's it called? Uh, pretty much tried to clarify stuff that was already in Young's video, but the, the gist here is that it wasn't just EA blocking off the making of KOTOR 3 and that there right. are multiple things that could have been considered um, for, for why this game has yet to be made here. But pretty much all he knew was that there was a prototype from Bioware Austin that was pitched and then that was put on stasis. And then there was also a PowerPoint presentation from some of the leads at Bioware talking about what their KOTOR 3 would be. Um, and Jason has suggested it could be not just EA's lack of interest in single-player games, not just that they want people to... Uh, pay through the services, but also it could be Bioware said, hey, we can make this cool game for $100 million, and EA's like, we only got 50 for you, and there's just an impasse there um, that EA just didn't like what they saw, that the pitches weren't good, that the game wasn't good, and so on. What do you feel, Carrick, we'll start off with you, about these KOTOR rumors? Are you bummed that a KOTOR 3 is not happening at this moment in time. Are you a little bit relieved until after we see Anthem and we can decide if that's uh, this news is a little <laughs> more depressing or not? Well, and also as a Jade Empire fan, 
they've tried that a couple times and it didn't right. work out. And I, I was so, I, I think you recently played Jade Empire, like within the last, last like, year. Yeah. D- d- last two years. Okay. Yeah. So you've played that and, um, yeah, it sucks, but I also do believe that in about three to five years, Disney and EA most likely won't have that partnership. And we're going to start hearing more about a lot of this being on Disney's side. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that, especially when you look at how Disney handled their own game division and canceled their own Star Wars um, right. it, with Disney Infinity 2, which was based completely and solely around Star Wars, at least in its main story stages. And they canceled it and fired everybody in one day with no warning. And I think that they must have an issue both with EA but also with Disney. Where And the money thing, that completely makes sense. Like Each reason it gets failed is probably a different one. But it, it feels to me like... We also will find out that Disney is just difficult to work with. I don't know if they understand games. I really don't. I don't think and they do. I, I'm I'm starting to realize that when you look at their past history, Disney Infinity was massive for a while. They they fired everybody. They got rid of everybody. Gutted that entire division. It makes me sort of feel that they're just concentrating TV shows. The Mandalorian's coming out. They're just concentrating on the movies. They're and. They're, they don't have a game person there. So if EA says, hey, $100 million can make you a ma- an amazing game, maybe Disney's the one saying, well, we don't really want this. It just doesn't work for us, or what have you. I don't know, but it just feels like it's not all within Bioware and even EA. It feels like it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cowboy? That's actually an interesting point, because I mean, I, I've, I've more leaned on the side of you know, EA is a disaster as usual, and the the problem here is Disney just needs to take the contract away. But now that you mention it, the problem might be that Disney just doesn't know games. Um, I mean, so it it kind of calls into question, like, where is it going to go? I mean, obviously, right. the what's happening now isn't working. That much is clear. But whether it's Disney giving the contract to somebody else or Disney getting a wake up call, them saying, "Hey, this is not how things work. You need to, you know, you needed to wake up and smell the roses." Um, you know, I guess that remains to be seen, but I mean, it's obvious that there is an appeal for like an open world style Star Wars game, whether it's going to be uh, Coder 3 or something else. Like fans obviously want this. It would sell well. Maddie, I know you would probably lock yourself in a room for, for a week and a half and play it. That's being generous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's one of those things, like this has been an ongoing problem for, for what seems like years now. And <laughs> I mean, either either, you know, everyone's head is up their ass or they're just, they're just ignoring the problem. Cause like, you know, to take a look at all the controversy we had with, uh, with battlefront two, like you can't possibly go, well, you know, I guess it's working. So I don't know if it's contractual issues and it's just Disney is looking at it and going, well, to break this contract would put us out this much. Let's just roll with it for now and, and make the best of that situation or what the deal is. It's just, you know, it's just one of those, it, the whole thing is just a shit sandwich. Like nothing about it is good. You know, and in the end, it's just the the fans that are being punished because they want a game, and they're being, you know, it's like that that Geico commercial with the guy that has the dollar in the fishing string, except you're dangling a Star Wars game in front of fans and continually taking it away. Yeah. Um, Cowboy, are you a fan of Games Workshop at all? The forty uh, Warhammer forty thousand is that is that no. too nerdy for you? Okay. Um, I wouldn't say it's too nerdy for me. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I live and breathe Magic the Gathering. It's just a different oh, side of okay. nerdum. But yeah, um, so. With This is what happened with Games Workshop. They actually had issues where they had a couple developers doing games, and it wasn't working out. Then they let everybody do them. Then it wasn't working out. Then they let a couple, and in the end, it was tracked down to being Games Workshop having the issue. They just didn't know how to handle games, and 
because they were tr attracting board game or they were attracting people who were in the board game industry to run their video game division, which is a disaster. Maybe maybe less so now because video games in a in a way are sort of like board games now. But um yeah, it's interesting there's a parallel there for sure of Games Workshop, which is a massive company. I mean, they're fucking huge. And Gears, look at Gears of War. It is quite literally fans of Warhammer 40,000 making characters that look like they're from Warhammer 40,000 in their own game. Yeah. And uh, it, it's made me wonder, yeah, if there's like multiple issues overlapping each other. And the thing that you said about Geico, that you hope the fisherman, though, at some point goes, fuck, I'm not catching anything. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the, next, that's the next step in the conversation. If you're not getting to grab it and they're not catching anything, one of you motherfuckers needs to make, you know, sit down and say, this is not working. I, mm. I just hope to God at the end of this, they just let it go with EA and they just split. And then we can really see who's the issue. I think we're going to sooner than later. Personally. I do too. I, I do too. To tack on to your point, I think you open up the door on something. I don't think it's a coincidence that the only Star Wars games that have gone out the door are all service to some extent or have microtransactions on some level. We have Battlefront 1 and 2. We have Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which is uh, trans microtransactioned up the ass. And then yeah. you also have <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic, which is a, a good MMO, but there is a subscription fee attached to that if you want access to a lot of abilities and parts yeah. of the game uh, and i'm not saying that some of those aren't worth it but uh, especially off the bat with the way that they were happy with launching battlefront 2 i think it speaks to that disney and ea have to see eye to eye on something which is oh that'll make us a lot of money i feel where mm. yeah I, I i would be totally not shocked if this ends up being disney just not getting games but it's ea who's going to make it and at the end of the day i feel ea does see based off products that they completely own within their own ip such as fifa madden which have ultimate team which is one of the biggest scams in all of gaming yeah. so in my opinion you, you still remove disney from the situation i still think a lot of these problems exist where it's just two fucking awful companies here combining on what is a wonderful brand yeah. And and fucking it up in every way possible. I think Disney doesn't get games, but I also think EA at times sucks at making games. Um I wouldn't say it's a surprise that the one Star Wars game announcement we got last year was for a game coming from Respawn, which they make multiplayer games. I mean they made a good story in Titanfall too. I haven't yet to play it, but from what I've heard, a lot of people really thought it was yeah. you know, a solid one. So mm -hmm. it's like it's not gonna surprise me at all if this is a, a multiplayer game based on Star Wars, which I'm not against. I love Respawn titles. You know, I played the shit out of Titanfall 1. Titanfall 2, I didn't give enough time to, personally. But, you know, I think that what they're going to make will be impressive, will be cool. But at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be another multiplayer game, which, like Cowboy said, there is a fan base, there is a hunger for a open-world Star Wars game or a single-player one at that. Not just like one of these shitty stories from Battlefront 2, and I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. That story is just inexcusably mediocre. Um, it just showed a lack of care for its universe. I, I feel like there's a lack of identification within their own audience. They don't get what their audience wants, which is, I, I think that falls on both sides. Well, I think they get what their audience wants. It's just, it's clear to me that EA very much thinks with their wallet first. And mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen that 
that single player games can be successful. I mean, hell, look at this last year, you know, right, right. Um, you know, God of War, Breath of the Wild, Spider-Man, all single player titles that were absolutely phenomenal and knocked out of the park. But if you look at, at statistics, despite all of those games selling buttloads, they were like, I think they earned a quarter of what your typical yeah. microtransaction style game earned. And so at the end of the day, that's EA. They're like, well, we could make money doing a single player or we could make four times that shoving a loot box up your ass and having you pay to shit it out. <laughs> and so that's where we are. They, they want their money more than anything. And they want it so much that they're willing to alienate their user base and just go, well, you know, we'll give you this and you'll put up with it because you want Star Wars, even if it is a microtransaction shit-filled mess. Gotcha. I've also wondered... I don't know if you guys have ever wondered this, but I've, I've continually, it's just sort of percolated in the background of my head, but if with, we know that every single time a big single player title comes out, um, usually 40 to 40 to 50% of the people are let go at the end. Um, that's typical scale for a large company making a game and then they don't need those people. And it sometimes makes me wonder if internally, it, it's not politically correct to say it, for their part, but I wonder if internally some of the people making these games, you know, they feel safer with microtransactions as well because it continues on. Games as a service keeps these developers working yeah. too. Right. And I've and and I know that everybody thinks if the name publisher is prior to your name, then you're a bad guy. Developer, you're a good guy. We we know that that's not true. We've seen them switch hands and you know, like that kind of thing really doesn't make any sense when it comes to applying a title as as being a catch-all. But it does make me wonder if I don't know if they would say it. But if a develop if if some developer or two, you know, maybe in a past Reddit post or something, I can find where they've mentioned that, yeah, I mean, getting fired sucks. So mm-hmm. if it's a fifty percent as big a team, but you stay working for four years, or it's a one hundred percent bigger team, but you work for two years, those people are gonna take the fucking four year every time. And so it's a shitty industry in that way too. So removing EA from it and removing Disney as well, the actual way first per, uh, big uh, uh, open world games are made has that huge drop off. I mean, look at how many times we've seen these companies say, well, or seen these workers after a big open world game gets released. They're like, well, I'm out of a job. Yeah, I think Insomniac did a good job because they balanced titles out so they didn't have to like r- remove people for from Spider-Man. This sounds like just, a, I think Naughty Dog's one that's done a good job too. I, I haven't heard. I I, I totally agree. Them. Yeah, yeah. This this sounds like a like a weird uh, fan fiction Reddit post where EA is actually a good guy because they're never laying yeah. off their employees because they. Have <laughs> yeah. And that's contract. what I'm wondering is like, would anybody even want to say it if it was not that it was true? But I'm saying remembering also that uh, HR and and um, having somebody come in and then leave and setting up their cubicles. That's what I used to do prior to this job. And it's you're talking many thousands of dollars, even in a small business I was in. Yeah. So you've got you're losing, you know, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to set up a small office, blah blah blah. And then they're like, "Well, wait a minute, like, because like you said, you know, or, or like Maddie said, you know, microtransactions. One of you guys said that microtransaction games were making a large That's amount more, yeah, than than these single player titles. And I'm just wondering if internally the business, even removing <clears throat> the people from it, but just looking at video game as a business. If it's twisting the other way, just to be, just to keep longevity for these people, because you also want to keep them around if you want to do that sequel, right? Because we've seen what Bioware is like when all the good people leave. Sorry yeah. to anybody who is still working at Bioware, <laughs> but 
I, that's not what I meant, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a, it's almost like a cultural shift. I mean, and it is. Yeah, I'm not necessarily against it because I've I've played MMOs forever, and MMOs are you know almost the baseline definition of video games as a service. You pay for a yeah. month and you get new content, and I think that's that's the big problem is is the content. As long as I am getting fed good content. I'll give you 15 bucks a month. Hell, I'm, I'm a For whale. Sure. I used to play Heroes of the Storm. I probably spent $400 on hero skins just because I was like, yeah, I want to beat someone's ass with a tennis racket. This sounds awesome. Mm. So <laughs> as, long, as long as good stuff is coming, I'll gladly give money. But it's where you have these games as a service and it's shitty gambling loot boxes that I'm like, yeah. all right, just mm-hmm. stop. Stop and go to your room. Yeah, Come man. back with a good game for me. I... It's interesting you say that because it's such a simple premise in many ways. And not everything that's good always succeeds financially. But I've seen so much across all entertainment, whether it's books, movies, gaming, is that when there is love and care put into something and it is made for a fan base that has been hungering for it, it seems to do well. And like I said, I know that sounds very simple on its own. But I look at, for example, Into the Spider-Verse, which is a, you know, it won like best animated picture. It... It sold incredibly well. Um, same thing with Dragon Ball Super Broly, which we'll talk about later. But it, it you know, it, it performed insanely well. It was the best anime movie like seller ever, um, and there was a lot of love and care in that. And we see the same thing with games like Spider Man, where you could tell the developers at Insomniac are also Spider Man fans, and that fans of Spider Man who want to be Spider Man will enjoy a game by Spider Man fans. Right. So I've just noticed over time more and more is that these half-baked attempts at things or, or companies that don't care, uh, it shows. And I think because gaming has spread so much and now with social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there's that direct line between not only gamers but the gamer and developer or gamer and publisher where they can just gather in numbers and express their displeasure with something or how much they love something. And both sides of that fence grow like multiply more and more as time goes on, if if a lot of people are talking, let's look at Resident Evil 2 as a most recent example from the ground up remake of what a lot of people call the best Resident Evil game of all time. I've personally never played the original. I started it. We'll talk about it in a little bit as well. I really enjoy it. But we're seeing a lot of people really gather around Resident Evil 2 because it is exactly what fans wanted, staying true to the original, but also introducing new formulas. There's heart in it. And because there's heart in it, fans reciprocate. And they spread the good word of your game. And in turn, they're going to see that this game will do well. Now, will it be under Capcom standards of succeeding? Who the fuck knows? Because Capcom has outrageous expectations with a lot of their sales. <laughs> but what, what my long-winded <laughs> rant is kind of about is as simple as I feel like if there was heart in this EA Star Wars deal that we would see it in the games. And in turn, these games would be better and this discussion would not be happening. No, oh, yeah. I mean, not to go down the rabbit hole too much, but... In a similar note, take a look at like Final Fantasy fourteen compared to World of Warcraft. You know, they both had subscription base, they've both been around forever. And just in this this last year, year and a half, you're seeing a huge decline in World of Warcraft because so many people were excited for BFA and it's just turned out to be a fucking mess. And they've, you know in in the, the dev interviews and stuff, they like like people are saying what they want and it's it's being just outright ignored and they're like transitioning towards more of a you know mobile come back and play every day microtransaction-y game whereas final fantasy on the other hand has just continued to grow and they keep giving people what they want you know it's it's a, a small but very loyal fan base and it's you know 
kind of to what you said about about developers that that love their games and love the community. You very much see that that uh, contrast between those two instances. Right. Exactly. And like I said, there are definitely examples that I'm sure people could name like 500 of games that developers believed in, publishers believed in, they loved what they were doing. Uh, didn't do as well though. But I, I guess just the end of the story with that is I, I feel like I've seen more often than not people celebrating a good product just as much as they'll complain up a storm about a bad product as long as there's heart there. And um, I, I feel that the good word gets spread and, and in turn the product starts to sell more and more than it ever could have. Well, yeah. I think you're also just indicating whether we say it's like it immediately does well or not. I think it, what you're actually indicating is that you're just your chances increase. If there is that, there, there is if that, there yeah. is, you know, there and you're ch- because we have seen amazing games not do well and shitty games do well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that Cowboy brought up MMOs as games of service because I've always or, or maybe as some kind of tangent, I firmly do believe that. Like, I do think that there that the overlap that the, that term could be overlapped pretty much, you know, over them. And it is weird that one of my favorite MMOs of all time is a Star Wars MMO. I actually really like Nice Old Republic. It's got a ton of story, and they continue to give out content. And um, it, it, but it was made prior to all these deals. And one of the thing that I, one of the things I find weird. Did you guys see that little news article where they said that another rumor is that the original people who made the deal are gone? Did you guys see that? Yeah. So the, the person who took over EA wasn't. Yeah. The, so Disney loved the ex CEO Riccatello. Riccatello left, and that. CEO left, and they have both been replaced by, supposedly, rumor is, two people who really don't fucking like each other. And that might indicate a a, a reason for, I don't know if you guys remember this, but a reason for the investor call rumor that came out where Star Wars Battlefront 2 got released, didn't do well, and supposedly Disney called EA and were bitching. And it was a quick story. It popped up. Whereas, like, people said that there was this, like, heated call between the two CEOs, and then you really don't hear anything about it again. And I was like, I wonder... If they made this deal, right, and then over time, those people are replaced. And then if that lack of communication, and this is going to be crazy if we find this out 10 years from now, some fucking book comes out. But it'd be really crazy to find out that some of these issues, not all, but some of them are pure lack of communication or the yeah. ability to, to communicate between a couple people. I mean, whole, that yeah. would, wouldn't that be the, it'd be the saddest, but it would make sense. Because right now I'm going to tell you from the outside looking in, nothing makes sense. That's, I think, why we're all talking about it. Two executives having a pissing contest, and that's yeah, why all this right. problem is happening. Right. Well, look at Ford. Ford destroying the other, you know, car creators uh, when he started up his business and going out there and de- and you know, it, it, two competing CEOs not liking each other and trying to destroy each other. It's like instead here, it's almost like a lack of love in a marriage, where they're just there's no communication and they're just sort of, you know, letting it go. Again, I in no way, shape, or form think that's all the issues, but I I. I, I think looking at it from the outside, nothing makes sense. So obviously some of this shit's happening. It can't just be bad luck, like you guys said. Uh, you know, you, you guys are saying it certainly can't just be that. It can't. It's got to be, there's got to be multiple reasons for this and mul- multiple feel, facets that stop people from getting it done. I feel a big part of this we're going to find out is going to be that Disney wanted, they got the license and... They had a a plan for movies, shows, but they did not have a plan for games. So they make this deal with EA for an extended period of time, so it's one less headache. You handle the games. Yeah, right. Go go for it. You know, and then they go focus on the movies, you know, episode seven, eight, uh, the Resisted show, 
Star Wars Rebels, and the list goes on of all the, the shit that they've made. Uh, Rogue One. Um, and meanwhile, they're just like, all right, we'll, we'll get in touch when we're doing on a new movie or something that you can cross over with your games. Like we saw Rogue One had an update uh, on Battlefront 1, and it added like Jin Erso and uh, Admiral something from that movie. So I feel like that's probably one of the few times they do communicate. I'm just taking a wild guess. I don't know their actual communication schedule, but if you have, I think lack of communication clearly could be a a sign of why this type of stuff continues to happen. One last thing to point out also, Disney are the ones who were involved in canceling all the Netflix shows. And right. is is it because they're just, are they focused on streaming? Also, people think, oh, they must be losing a lot of money. That's true. But mm-hmm. they also have just shown us by all these cancellations that they don't care about a lot of things if they're building something behind the scenes or if they're doing something else. So sometimes I wonder if, like you said, they're just like, yeah, go make this. And there's no love there. There's no communication because they just don't. There's other things they're doing. Right. There's and, and again, it feels like they're so ingrained in the movies and in the TV shows and now in their streaming service that they just have, they, yeah, they've unfortunately disconnected. It's just sad as fuck because all I want is Red Dead 2, but as a Star Wars game. Yeah. So it's <laughs> all I'm asking for. Sounds 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 big, but, yeah, but <laughs> you would it, think they'd be able know, to do it. <laughs> that's why I said I think it was last episode. I would love for them to just do what Marvel does now. Yeah. Case by case. Got a yep. vision. Get a get a games division who knows games, who loves games, who's ambitious, who's constantly thinking of cool ideas because then they can create a pitch together and bring it to the right studio based off their portfolio and see if that would be a good fit. I have a question for you. Would you not say that Respawn is one of those that you would choose if they weren't under EA? Because I think I would. Honestly, you know, they, I like were, they were good stuff. outside of and under EA still to this day. Exactly. So they are one that, yeah, I, that's why I'm not very negative on their game because I, I, exactly, I've yeah. been, it's not like Battlefront 2 where I was like, okay, I'm cautiously optimistic. And, and the only thing that really did worry me with that game before launch was its story um because of mainly what happened with Battlefront 1 which was oh god this is just is not a good game it's just a hollow mm-hmm. hollow shell uh whereas Respawn has a great portfolio and now they're hopping over to Star Wars and I'm curious to see based off where it's set in the universe like how they do that too because that's what's different this right. isn't new era content this is between episodes 3 and 4 I think they said which to me, I hear that and think, oh man, like what are they going to do there? What story are they yeah. going to tell? And what you know, what kind of game is it going to be? Because I, I keep thinking of the wall running from Titanfall, and <laughs> and it's and I go, oh man, imagine if that was in a Star Wars multiplayer game. That'd be awesome. So we'll wait and see. But I I really mm. hope it ends up coming out this year because I am very curious on what. Yeah, doing. me too. All right. Now we're going to talk about what we're playing, what's coming out this weekend, because all the sad news is over. All right, let's get started uh, with Resident <laughs> Evil 2. So, Carrick, you did a review. I yeah. just started this afternoon. I played for about two hours. And, Cowboy, have you played this at all? I am two and a half, two and a half hours in so far, and it is... Uh... It's pretty intense. I can't play for more than an hour without taking a break. And um, <laughs> right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 oof. 
It's good. Did you it's, it's did you like movie. Seven Cowboy? I like Seven like... a lot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Seven. Uh, it's interesting how Capcom did this. They were the last company I thought that would go Resident Evil Seven, then back to two without like any type of right. subtitle in 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 the game name. It's just Resident Evil Two. Yeah, not caught me by surprise. Remake, right. That that was what I thought was interesting about that. Um, but but as for the game itself. So Cowboy and I are around the same area. Character, do you just want to give a general wrap-up of, of your thoughts on the game from your original review, and then we'll kind of get started and just go from there? I just think it's surprisingly good. I, I, surprisingly. I, I think that it's a... Yeah, I think that... Well, because I was... You and I talked prior to the podcast for a second. Like, is it a remake fully? You know, like, mm-hmm. what exactly? Um, the change-ups they did makes it new for old people which is nice for people who've played it before there's some new changes to the uh, things which i think is awesome but they've taken in conveniences that were just not in the original evil 2 which controlled like a fucking turd on a basket like there that had some of the worst control of a game now you can still add it you can still sort of like play with old camera angles and stuff like that but it, the the third person camera the old, more open feel to it changes the actual world makes it feel more modern and it feels like a game. If you told me this was new, I would not have an issue with it, if that makes sense. So if you said there's, let's say, Resident Evil 7, and then this was called 8, I right. would actually not bat an eye at that. That's, I, I, think they, I think just overall as a package, it's a very good fan service, but also a really good modern game. I mean, you can walk and aim. That, that alone has been <laughs> a huge, <laughs> right. a huge exactly. quality of life change. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, I can do this? What's interesting is that was... I don't even think Resident Evil 5 had that, right? I don't mm-hmm. Resident Evil 5 was Africa? Or is that... Yes. Which one was the one... Yeah, it, yeah. Was the, it was the co-op one. And I don't even think Resident Evil 5 had that. And that was yeah, the one people station. really didn't like because it, 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 it kind of modernized. It was very explosion-focused in action packs. I, yeah. I fucking love the game, personally. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I'll take the egg on the face. I thought that game was was awesome. I, I mean, I liked it, but I'm I'm very partial to co-op games. Like, there's yeah, not true. enough co-op games these days. Yeah, sure. That, that might be that might be part of it too. It's, I played that game over and over and over, though. That game was so much fun to me. Um, but back to Resident Evil Two, I agree. It's it's very tense so far. My favorite aspect of the game, I put it on my Twitter account, but I'll say it here for the show. Uh, it's definitely the lighting in the game. I think the way that it creates space through uh, you go into like a tight narrow area. And you have like a bunch of windows on the side, and you can see the light piercing through, and it brings focus onto like a dead body, maybe some blood on the wall, um, and then it, it kind of shows you in a natural way. Here's what the player should be focusing on right now, and I think that to make that happen so naturally, so effortlessly, almost where I, you know, I think anyone playing the game who doesn't think about game development is just I'm playing Resident Evil, who's not looking at it through that pair of eyes. Um, that right. a lot of people don't. I think that's very uh, immersive in a way. It's very engaging, and I think it's a really sh- a stroke of genius in development because, it, like I said, I, I love the like the use of shadows too. Uh, where, where sometimes they do the old cliche: you're walking down the hallway that, that is an L, and you'll see you know the, you'll see a little movement on the wall. You're like, oh fuck, yeah. something's over there that's not there anymore. But um, they do make smart use of those cliches, uh, such as like the typical radio like uh, thing where you find a dead body. Walkie talkie. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, 
it makes sense like okay we're in a police station there is a dead cop here and then there is a message coming through and now because the message is over the static's going to start coming on which is a i've seen that in a lot of horror games the static sitting in the background as you the only thing you can hear is like your footsteps i love the lack of music i'm so happy about that that every time i encounter an enemy it's not just like let's ramp up the music to 10 and then ramp it back down when the combat's over I, I like how they just let the sound of the environment set a tone and and really lets you get fully enveloped in, in the atmosphere of the game. So I've been enjoying it quite a bit. There's not much else I can really go on, though, other than aesthetically what I've been pleased with. Because gameplay-wise, I've probably shot like 10 things. <laughs> not to, to gush too much about it, because I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot, but one thing i got to point out that has kind of rubbed me the wrong way is the... Um, I guess I'd, I'd describe it as dynamic difficulty. Like, if you're doing really well, you'll notice zombies become progressively harder to take down. Really? Yeah. Because early on, I was I was just breezing through. I was, like, you know, double-tapping everything, making sure they were dead. And then by, like, my second hour in, like, Christ, I had to put 10 to 15 bullets into a zombie right in his face to kill him. And I'm like, all right, this needs to... Like it got to a point where it was it was more efficient for me to just shoot something's legs off and let it crawl around on the floor and leave it alive like it's a like the police station was filled with cats but just zombies crawling around instead than actually killing them because they would take so many bullets. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because you know what? I thought because this is the thing. Have you played the original first? I played like half of it. I never all right. got all the way through. Just it. enough to experience the gameplay then, because I've never played the original. So I thought for me it was normal when I'm shooting five bullets into these zombies' heads, and most of the time their head doesn't pop, and I'm like, are they dead? Are they not? I don't want to waste ammo shooting them on the ground, and then they get fucking back up, and I shoot them another yeah. two times, and then they finally, I think they're dead. And I thought that was just me. So they they ramp up the difficulty a little bit. That's hmm. Well, no, but it, that, that's the fun thing. It's dynamic. Like if you're if you're getting bit constantly, if you're getting messed up and you're, you know, burning through your healing, you know, the zombies, aren't, they won't be as hard. It'll only take you two or three shots to take one down and the head will explode and then you're usually good. So it's it's interesting because it tries to it, it tries to keep the difficulty at a point where it's not too hard, it's not too easy. But if you're going through and you're going through very efficiently and taking stuff down eventually you get into that that area like i said where you're like i do not have the bullets anymore like you do not need 15 bullets to take down this one zombie please game like die mm. um and the other thing that this this is a i mean i guess it's a small gripe but um zombies get stuck in front of doors and they can't open doors <laughs> and it puts you in this weird situation where like you have to kind of kick the door open and shoot it cuz if you get if you fully open the door it's going to bite you yeah, but it can't come through the door. So it's like this this game of cat and mouse, where you're like, "Well, I know you're right there, and I need to kill you, but if I go forward too much, you're just gonna bite me." And this seems kind of like a slight design oversight, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the atmosphere and all that it it is it is great. Like there have been, uh, I think my my first encounter with a with a liquor. Not to to spoil anything, but my first encounter was pretty like oh. Oh, I love the characters' oh. reactions too. What the fuck? No, <laughs> like, yeah, every like time when you shoot. Yeah, what the time, fuck? He's what like equally yeah. surprised every time he sees a zombie. What? It's like I'm it's like, a zombie. Leon, you, come on, you just wasted eight thousand bullets on the guy before him, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> I love it. I will say when you get the knife. I don't know if you guys have got that, but once yeah. you get the knife, you can stab or you can slash him on the ground and mm. test if they're still alive. Which, I did that. Uh, and my that knife broke for me. 
my knife broke. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was like, <laughs> that's yeah, the they thing. gave me a knife because there was one part where I was out of ammo and there was two zombies that came out of a closet and they're blocking this tiny hallway and I'm like, all right, I gotta, I can't fucking punch them, so I gotta just hope I run through them. And they kept biting me and I eventually got through. I didn't die, but then they give me this knife and I go, oh fuck yes, thank God, you know, this is exactly what I need. That's why it was so hard getting through enemies up close, and it was. And I go, if you use the knife too much, though, it'll break. And that's when I went, oh, fuck me. Like, I, it's just not going to be easy. But I, as I kept playing the game, I started to realize why this is one of my favorite genres in gaming. And I always forget it just because I, I, I'm not, like, a thrill seeker in general, let alone, like, when I'm playing games. I love to just have fun. Uh, but I forget sometimes that fun comes from that tension of just balancing out your ammo trying to you endurance know, make every of shot the knife count. yeah endurance of the knife yeah. like everything's limited okay there's two zombies here yes i have 20 plus bullets right now but do you know yeah i could afford to miss some shots but i will regret that later uh the the like i said about the atmosphere how they build tension that way it's a very engrossing experience unlike many other games because it's hard to yeah. do and no yeah so i mean if you have too much yeah. ammo and you can kill everything in, in three shots that that definitely takes the tension away you're like oh i got 18 shots man that's that's six zombies i'll take down i got plenty let's go mm-hmm. you Precisely. know did you did you guys ever have the point where so it, it warns you it's like if you stab a zombie and you don't kill it you're after gonna kill it to get your knife back and of yeah. course the first fucking thing i do is stab this dude and realize i'm out of bullets <laughs> and i run all the way back and when you look at the menu you can actually see your knife stuck in a zombie in the menu and the zombie shambling around and you're like, fuck, I need that knife back. Because the <laughs> knife is quite useful for getting people away from you if you're in a crowded area. And I was like, oh, shit. So I had to go all the way back, grab those two bullets, you know, hope I hit him in the head. Hope right. I fucking burst him. Um, but, yeah, I would agree, Maddie, in particular, when it comes to balancing those things. The one thing I will say, I want to know what you guys think. When you start having a lot of puzzle items and inventory space. Yeah. Um, what issue. you think of that? <laughs> I okay. already had that issue. Yeah, it's, it's a little, um, to na- it, it's a little, ten- it's a little difficult. I think overall, yeah. it's a yeah. lot of running, running back to a stash and deciding, okay, what, <laughs> yeah. what do I need to bring with me now? Do I actually need this grenade launcher? Like on one hand, if something big shows up, I want to have it. But on the other, that's two inventory slots, you know, yeah, I right. ammo. Do I want the or fire or the acid? Is, uh, the situation I found myself in, I found a green herb, I found another one to make space, I combined the two, and then two seconds later I found a red. So I could have combined the green and the red, which is the best healing, and then had a spare Wait. green one. You, yeah. You, but, what? You can combine green and green, which is what I did. Yeah, yeah, but you can combine green and red to make a three, it'll show green, green, red in your I on tried your piece to do that, it wouldn't let me. I'm going to try again. I'll try again. Try, try again, you can for sure. You, you can. can for sure. Okay. For mm-hmm. some reason Absolutely. when I... What does green, green, red do? Because I know green, red uh, is full heal. Yeah, green, green, red, you see the little shield icon? It raises oh. something. Yeah, and it raises something there. But I remember having the same problem Maddie did because I was dumb enough to not mix them dynamically in the icon. I was t- making space, so I was dropping them in, then going back into my inventory, then grabbing them and merging them. Mm. And then I found out you can dynamically merge them. So if you don't have any space, as long as you have something you can combine it with, you can do that. And okay. the only thing, Maddie, I'm wondering is maybe you can only do that with a green and a green. So if you have a full inventory and a green, maybe well, you, you can only grab a green and mix them, but you can't grab a red and mix it to the two greens. Does the I don't red know. in this game, is it just the same as a green herb, but it looks red? 
because the red thing uh, it looks like a rhododendron bush it's round it's round okay it's like a All right, it looks... you know what i think yeah. i just picked up a red plant <laughs> that's the thing i think i just picked up a red plant because it does not look like that it looks like you can see is it long one. you can see the like the green on one yeah you can... no because the green one more looked like a kind of like I, a lo- I love these hand yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the green is <laughs> green looks like an arbovita i guess when you think about it but i mean i can't think of anything else you'd grab that was red that wasn't you yeah, know, like, and yeah, that's and what like I'm said, trying this, to think this too. This could be but... me being a dumbass. I could, I just could have messed up because when I, I remember clicking combine, like okay, let's put these together or let's see if I can at least yeah. do so. And combine was grayed out, so I'll try again when I hop on after. You, know, you, the were, show. you were stressed. There were zombies chasing you. Mistakes. Oh, happened. it can. Yeah, I mean, especially when Honestly, like you have full inventory and you need that puzzle piece that's on a desk, and you're yeah. like, fuck, I don't want to drop like the. I got one gunpowder, and I know there's one over there, and if I drop I it, I had oh. exactly that happen right after the. Uh, Right, right after you get the the bolt clippers, like go through the mm-hmm. office and I find the the fuse that I need and I'm like, okay, I got the fuse. The door's right there. Mm-hmm. I don't have inventory space for this, and it was a question oh, of, yeah. do I want to run all the way back or am I just throwing out this gunpowder? Yeah, yeah, that's. I had to. I got shotgun ammo and I was so close to the chest that I could store it in just to have for later. I didn't have the shotgun at this point, but I was thinking, man, this will be good later if I just get to hang on to it. But I needed this the spade key. So that I could get into other doors throughout the rest of the police station, which, you know, I, I, I like how, mind you, because when I was playing this game, I was wondering, how are they going to explain why this place is so fucking weirdly laid out? And then I <laughs> yeah, find exactly. out it was formerly an art museum, and I was like, yep. yes, like, thank you. They gave reasoning to why the fuck it was like this. They did, yeah. I was like, why does a police station have a spade key? But anyway, yeah, I, I, I had that same situation. I like that personally. Because then it makes when you find the uh, the hip, I forgot what it's called, the hip something. Yeah, the packs. Adds, yeah, hip pouch. Adds, yeah, the hip yeah. pouch. There we go. It adds additional inventory slots. It makes that more rewarding. Where in in games like uh, KOTOR, we'll use it as an example because we talked about that recently, that has unlimited inventory space. So you, everything you just pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And it's yeah. really nice uh, to have in Resident Evil where like 12 spaces going into 14 is is the shit. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It reminds huge. me of when Fallout seventy six patched in actual <laughs> additional weight that you could uh, have to store into your stash. Man, that was so I, nice. I don't know if the other Resident Evils did this. You guys could remind me. The last, you know, seven. I don't remember doing this. It could have. Uh, Veronica was one of my favorites. But in two, in this one, when you use something until it can't be used anymore, it puts that check mark, which tells you you can discard it. And I thought that was oh, such a bonus. So yeah. it's like. You open up four doors or three doors or whatever, and you're like, I don't want to hold on to this key if I don't have to. And that'll actually literally tell you yeah. you do not yeah. have to, so, which I think is such a bonus. That reminds me of another time I was fixing my inventory, and I didn't know that – I didn't notice it, rather. So I discarded gunpowder because I needed space for something else that was important. I can't remember what. Because I'm like, okay, you know, where am I going to find another gunpowder soon? I guess, I guess I'll have to get rid of this. And then – I realized there's a check mark next to this key, and I thought, wait, I used this earlier uh, in the gas station. Fuck me. I think I can drop this now because I'm nowhere yeah. close to the gas station, and boom, discarded. Yeah. No, I, had that, I had that exact thing. I was like, why do I even have this? I'm not going back. Yeah. Station. And it only gives you one tutorial blurb about it one time. And so, and I've clicked through a couple tutorials, even even playing it the second time, or like, because it pops up real quick, mm-hmm. and you can skip, you can miss that so easy. You absolutely can. I think it's a problem with, with us and our, our jobs. You know, you play so many games that you get to a point where you're, like, tutorial blind, if you will. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. 
And then you end up getting frustrated that you missed something. You're like, the game didn't fucking explain it. And people are like, yeah, actually, uh, right right here at 10 minutes in, there was a little thing. And, oh, I couldn't see that. There was shit going on. (laughs) I didn't know it was there. That's that's so true about tutorial blind. I try not to get frustrated when I do that because I know it's on me. (laughs) There have been so many times I'm like, dude, I I play enough games. Like, I I fucking know. I know how to play this game. It's all right. You don't have have to tell me. Or they tell you in the cutscene you skip a cutscene. I don't ever skip cutscenes, but I've had friends who have, and they'll be like, "Dude, I can't do this." And I'll be all, "Actually, what you need to do is literally at the very end of that cutscene." And um, when I was playing Resident Evil, I ended up walking away and listening, and she said something, and I could tell it was trying to tell me. It was like, "Hey, in the future, you're going to need to do this particular thing." And I was running back to my computer, going like, "Fuck!" Because I was just trying to piss. But I was like, I don't want to miss what the fuck. It's, you know, it's like the only way to kill the bad guy is to shoot him in the earlobe. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, thank God. Thank God I came back. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys are liking it, man. It's, I mean, not super far in, but it'll be interesting to see what you guys I'll, think. I got two news. questions for you as someone who, who beat it because I've seen a lot of conversation in IGN's review about not beating the second oh. run through. Yeah. Number one, how many times do you have to beat this game? Number two, how long is each campaign? Because I know Resident he- Evil games aren't typically long. You have to beat it four times technically, two two normals and then two like with the second second stories, which like, is pretty typical of a lot of. Resident yeah, it's like Leon, Claire, Claire, Leon, basically. Yeah, sort of like A B. It used to be A B. Now they've changed it. Um, but I will mm. say it. The reason why it gets shorter in the second is because there's some overlap of location. Now they change some of the item drops, but like I already know the puzzle. Let's say so. If I'm if I played as Leon and I'm Claire, then I know that puzzle and, and there it, then it starts to diverge. Right. But I've seen people do really fast um, later playthroughs. The first one's five to eight hours, depending, and then after that, it also depends on the difficulty tremendously. Because right. like That's with with IGN, they were the ones who were playing Ace Combat on easy on novice, and Ace Combat's dire- executive director was like, "How dare you guys? Like you guys because they reviewed it." And said it didn't control well. And he's like, you're using the basic fucking control scheme. You can't even barrel roll. Hmm. So I don't know what difficulty they played on when they did that. They did fix the review. I know that. But um, it, it really does depend. I would say you're gonna, you're probably, if you're a normal player who likes to look at everything, you're going to get 20 hours out of it easy. And then you have some other stuff coming as well and some stuff available there. So it, it sort of depends on how good you are. Which I think that's the problem, don't you guys? That like every time we talk about length, people it's almost like saying resolution, but people don't want to talk about the settings. I always think of our conversation with Doom. Yeah, how long something takes if you're good or 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 not good, or what difficulty you're on. I thought it was too long. I think you said you thought it was a little shorter. I, I think it was I thought it was normal or a little shorter, and you thought it was too long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always it, think of that. Yeah, it just it just all depends on and and again, it's you you can't have one side of the conversation. You can't say how long it is without saying what difficulty you played on. Mm-hmm. You can't say what resolution are you running this PC game at if you're fucking not explaining what settings you're running it at. If you're running it low and you're like, I get 4K, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Like, it, you know, so right I've had that argument with so many people about when. Yeah, when I don't the- know. When the 2080s came out, and I was like, finally, man, I can actually do like good 4K gaming. And they're like, 1080 Ti does 4K fine. And I'm like, yeah, if you're playing on potato settings, maybe. Or Tetris. I mean, yeah. in, in, a, a fucking, you can do 16K on an indie title. You know, it just depends on, on what exactly is being played, too. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad you guys are digging it, man. I want to hear yeah. what you guys think about. Uh, well, wait a minute. Who played Claire and who played Leon first? What'd you I'm guys doing, play? I'm first? doing Leon first because I, I started okay. as a waifu for Laifu, my dude. Got to pick Claire. Mm. Okay. I've seen a lot of people pick Claire first, but I, that's why I, I picked Leon. But also because I, I I think Leon's so cool. So I kind of want to gotcha. like get his I'm, origin. I'm story liking Claire, but she's a. Uh... And I don't know if this is just a Capcom thing. I think it's just a Capcom thing, but but Claire is overly moist. Like a lot of there's, I have no idea there's what the a, fuck that means. There, yeah. No, it's the lighting engine. I know what he means. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bro. Like you I can was see like, yo, what the like, fuck did he just say? She's no. just, she's like, like, there's just constant scenes of her in the rain. And I get it. You're in the rain. You're wet. But she's just like. Is, very like, is it like glistening. Tomb Raider? Almost. She's, what's yeah. the term? Oh, it's, it's like, it's like tomb... a little bit of dew. Yeah. It's like Tomb Raider on crack, dude. She's yeah. so yeah. moist. Just, just no, Leon's wet. that way, too, if you're on the PC. Yeah. So I, I the, the, the lighting is different on the yeah. PC and the consoles, too, a little bit. Okay. You yeah. noticed it? You you still noticed it on the console, though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm, gotcha. That might be part of what I was mentioning earlier, where I said something. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't put my finger on it. I don't want to talk about it too much personally, just because I don't really have anything to back it up other than I look at it and I go, hmm? But there's something that I always found. Uh, we were talking about this before the show that I found funny with the with the models in the game. I thought the body models were good, but something with the head, the hair, uh, something was off about that. And maybe it's a glisten. I think part of it's the weird brightness settings in the game. That yeah. Fuck with it a, a little bit. And then you mentioned something from from Digital Foundry as well. Um, yeah. So I think it's a, a multiple amount of issues that, that I'm glad you guys are liking it though. Like I said, I, cause I didn't know what people were going to think. Like if they were going to, you know, be like, Oh, it's, it should be $12 or something because it's a remake or some bullshit mm. like that. No, nah, I think because there is that, uh, which I didn't expect personally. I know that a lot of resident evil games do traditional one playthrough, then a, a new game plus, but I guess because there's multiple campaigns in some essence uh like i said yeah. I, I know nothing of of resident evil 2 so i knew there'd be a claire and leon story but that was it uh so knowing that there's there's four stories and, and ways to kind of play it kind of um, what'd you guys think of the voice maddie like what were you a fan of the voice acting so far you're not a I fan i do not like leon's voice actor so far i do not leon's i do not okay. like it very um i was used to the matt mercer leon <laughs> maybe because i played uh resident evil oh. 6 as a joke yeah uh, gotcha and, and okay I, I guess it fit the character model really well usually you know i i love matt mercer's work but I, he's one of those voice actors kind of like troy baker where it's like okay he's every fucking character yeah Start right searching for new talent not because he's yeah. bad but because every character cannot be these two guys um but i thought that was one one casting that i thought would fit well and should stick uh but i get gotcha. it's a younger leon so make him sound a bit different I'm sure it'll grow on me a little bit more, but when he does talk, I just feel like there isn't this intensity in his voice, right? There is this, uh, you know, we were talking about how he's always reacting to zombies coming out. It's not like, what the hell kind of thing. He's like, what the hell? Like, he's just really confused. <laughs> Methadone? What the that's hell? So, that's so funny, because Claire is like the opposite. I think, she I think is. Claire's she voice is. actor absolutely hit it, man. Like, we're, we're going through, and there was one part where I'm fighting the... The, the zombie don't die, and I'm like, God damn it! And a second later, Claire's like, God damn it! And I'm like, yeah. hey! <laughs> you, neither one of you have gotten uh, liquors in there, but there's... Uh, you know, yeah, it's not a spoiler, but I'm not going to mention it, but there's, yeah, there's there's one character that sort of changes up the gameplay, and um, it fucking... It's so good, man. It's so... Well, I've, I've, it's, encountered, I've encountered two liquors so far. 
uh, it's a, a special character that you'll see. Like you'll are, know who I'm talking about the most. Liquors in Resident Evil Five. There's a level where you're in a laboratory and they got the they got the long tongs, and if you don't mm-hmm. move, they can't see you. I think. Yeah, they go by sound. Yeah, yeah. they go by sound. Oh, that's gonna be awesome to see in, in a modern Resident Evil game. I'm really excited for that. But my anxiety. So you is you go haven't encountered them. any of them yet. You're, I figured you were. So did, did you get past the the goddess statue yet? Like the three things for the statue? Not yet. I got one more medallion to get. Okay. So yeah, here's you... why, by the way. Um, Le- Claire's questing is different than Leon's in the police station. So Claire's much faster. Claire's about at 15 to minutes, if you know the level, to like an hour and a half to get through the police station. Leon's much longer. Yeah, I'm like yeah. two so, hours through that. Y- yeah, so I can see you not seeing... That's why a lot of people who play Leon are like, oh shit, Claire's super fast on the next playthrough. But Claire already is. She ends up with the grenade launcher quick. Like, yeah. Because I think Cowboy already has it. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah my brain was with the liquor. We're pretty much like, sit down, toasty boy. Yeah. Right. It changes up the way you play because of that. Which And so, then also okay. characters you meet. It sounds like her story is a lot quicker. Is that no. right? No. Her story branches off in a different place uh... than, than Leon. So, well, it can be quicker, but that's just because you also know the puzzles and shit. Right? Like, you know where... Worried. So there is some, go okay, 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 I get it. Not to interrupt. But I, I don't, I don't want to encounter these liquors without my grenade launcher. <laughs> oh, dude, no, it, like I can't wait. I can't wait because there's these other, there's another character in there that like. It, it, I talked about it in the review, but I didn't want to spoil it for anybody. People know what it is because it was existed into, but I love it here, and the music changes. Oh, uh, certain and, certain number of the alphabet. Y- yes. Okay. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about, and this thunderous like stomp starts to happen and you're like what the fuck and then you have that kool-aid kind of moment man where like somebody uh, comes through I a wall kind of stuff about. those kind of yeah i figured song. you did I just, it's, it's, it's mr x let's just put him out yeah. there okay well there you go we're, we're all the um, same and uh it is oh dude it changed it changes up the way you play because now you have the puzzle the inventory right like we talked about the items the puzzles the inventory space now you've got this fucking dude who's just consistently chomping at the bit to punch you, and he falcon punches you. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, he really does. He's like, gut punch, and he does some serious damage. But the cool thing is he can go anywhere. So you know those zombies you mentioned? They can't go through a door? That motherfucker just leans down and comes through the door. So the first time I'm on the other side of the door, I'm like, ha, 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 you can't come in here. And he's like, bitch, I'm coming in. And he just busted <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And it, it completely <laughs> fucked all my plans up. So... Um, it, it, it re- they do a really good job of changing it up. Not only that, but also again, Leon and, and Claire having like s- sort of different stories. Just have to wear my brown pants that so, day. So there is um, yeah. overlap in area difference. There stories. is definitely overlap in the area. Okay. Okay. So interesting, just because I was thinking about. It. I played, you know, the demo you played as Leon, and yeah. I remember I like got a bunch of stuff, and I was playing as Claire. I was like, where is this damn? I can't get the right. uh, the key open to get the shotgun, and I'm like, where is this at, man? This doesn't. Yeah. This isn't lining up right. Mm, makes sense. All right, that's cool. And then after Kingdom Hearts, or oh, there we go. I, I spoiled the the cool part. Uh, after Resident Evil is Kingdom Hearts. Are you guys playing it? Yes, not yet. But I, um, well, obviously not yet. Um, I mean, we we talked about this a little before the call. It's there's so much going on in Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to go through it because I feel like you kind of it's expected of us at the least. Has to be, um, yeah. I think it's just going to be like an acid trip, and I'll be confused the entirety of the journey, though. Garrick, <laughs> what about you? First time Kingdom Hearts fan. Yeah, and like I played some of one and two, um, but I would say 
like we talked about a little bit earlier, it is, it, it certainly is sort of like a fever dream. Mm. You know, you just, you have to go into it and know that a lot of shit's not, it's not going to make any sense. Or it's, it's, it will, but only to somebody who really knows the lore. They did some callbacks to one and two, though, so if you're new, you don't necessarily have to play it. You just have to, if you do play it and you're new to this, I would say just go into it knowing that it is the continuation of a story, not like a brand new story. And I, 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 I think people see the number three and know that, but just a warning. Now, is there a lot of, cause like, so one, I got through two, I could probably pick up and get through, but I know there's like 1.5, 0.83 yeah. kingdom hearts, half digital <laughs> dream. Yeah. Like, do I need to know all of that? Right, or is yeah. like one and two allow, allow me, allow me. So I played every single kingdom hearts game, pretty much just 1.5 and 2.5, which are collections for the PS4, um, that round up certain aspects of the Kingdom Hearts adventure. One, you have to play. Two, you have to play. Birth by Sleep, you absolutely have to play. Um, three, five, eight, over two days, you should play, or rather watch the movie for. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a name amazing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Awesome. And, uh, there's Recoded, which is important to check out. Um, I forget. Oh, Dream Drop Distance. Dream Drop Distance as well, because that's what that's pretty much what that was the last game to come out outside of Oh, how could I forget? 2.8. So you gotta play all those. But Dream Drop Distance is pretty much what happens right before when Kingdom Hearts 3 starts. And Kingdom Hearts 3 a, picks up a little bit after that. I watched a donkey video on this that you know, going into it, I assumed it was it was a joke because a lot of his his stuff is kind of comedic content and Best part is at the end, it turned out just about everything he said was accurate, and I was like, "Oh, great! This mm-hmm. is going to be yeah. uh, this will be fun." Yeah, man. Kingdom Hearts Three is thing is, is the story was pretty straightforward, but they started doing a ton of spinoffs, and I don't know why they took that route. It kind of worked out in a way because, for example, Birth by Sleep introduces Aqua Terra Ventus, who are characters people love, and, and they have they, their fates are going to play a big part of Kingdom Hearts Three story. So it's kind of good they're in the picture. But on the other hand, I think things would have been much more simple uh, if they had not done 40 spinoffs. Because I think Dream Drop Distance is one of the worst things to happen in the series. It, it kind of just resets everything. And that pissed me the fuck off. So um, that's one that you still should just play. Because the ending is important. And actually, in that game, once you beat it, there is a Kingdom Hearts 3 teaser. And it's when they teased uh, 1.5 HD Remix. But um, yeah, like I said, two point eight is also important. So you got you got some work cut out. You you played Kingdom Hearts one, so that's good. You got the the general premise now, and it gets confusing after that because oh. there's like Sora who's got five different forms of himself running around. People are like, well, "Who's him? And who's him? And who's him?" So uh, that that I wish you good luck with. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Because yeah, there's the a, is, a is, good. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. You thought studying for like college or something would be fucking tough for for that big test coming up, but then Kingdom Hearts trying to summon that same information that you just took in, what like you see a character and trying to connect where he is from, like good luck. It's it's ridiculous. I feel I mean like. not to skip too far ahead, but I can, I keep up with the Fate series, so if I can do that, I can okay. probably handle Kingdom Hearts. Okay, okay, yeah, I've heard that one gets pretty uh pretty wild, so. <laughs> Yeah, What's the Fate series? Is that a is that an anime? Yeah. It's uh, it started as a game and then turned into an anime, and there's been like 
at this point, God, I don't know, seven or eight different animes and then a bunch of different... It started off as one of those visual novels where it was like a, a make-your-own-journey and there were multiple endings depending on like which okay. page of the book you flip to. And it just devolved into a buttload of anime and games and basically the story's just all over the place. Like You need a, a wiki up to follow it along gotcha. while you're watching it. Yeah. Hmm. I was going to say... I would suggest if somebody wanted to jump into this without doing all that, there are some videos that are okay to describe little elements, but also you can go to the Kingdom Hearts wiki and they actually have like a keywords because that's another thing that happens in like, let's say Harry Potter, where they, yeah. if you jumped into the last one and they said Horcrux, you'd be like, they call my mom names? Like you'd <laughs> have no clue what that fucking term meant. And uh, you could go to the wiki and find that out. And so I would suggest if you absolutely want to play three, don't have the ability, because some people just don't have the systems to play one and two. Like they just don't have any ability to do it. You could probably do YouTube and a, a wiki and sort of read up as you play. In fact, that might be really fun now that I think about it. For somebody who doesn't know the the thing to have a wiki there, play and sort of read up on the history as they play well, the game, that could could be. Quite Kingdom fun. Hearts always had uh, Jiminy Cricket's journal, which you could go into and learn about like, yeah, every in character the game. and and their backstory, like where they first appear and what happened to them. So I would be shocked if Kingdom Hearts three didn't have something like that, which could uh, give you all the information you needed in game which would probably be a lot better than like posting your phone up on the pop socket and being like all right uh now let's look up who uh Vanitas is right like it's yeah you know, it, i think it would be a lot better if it was just in game however the thing that i remember with the codex we'll call it in kingdom hearts was that it would update over time so you'd have to go back into this very cluttered set of menus and like re-navigate to read like a new paragraph update on their story and I would mm. just love if their entire story up until that point was already in there, and then it would update as you went along through the events of the entire game, because that would be better. Um, but yeah, from a gameplay standpoint, I, that's kind of the big reason why I always play Kingdom Hearts. It was fun to play. I, I came for the characters, their interactions, seeing Disney, that type of stuff, the music. Those were the devices that really brought me in the most compared to its story, which uh, is endearing in its own way if you put the work in to understand it but um that's why i'm most excited personally it's gonna be a good time and now with kingdom hearts concluded we move into a different segment than we've really ever done so cowboy thanks for breaking the mold on this we're gonna be talking about anime so if you hate anime this is your time to cut out if you're interested in anime or you want to learn more about anime or you want to just talk about it with us this is your chance so this is something that has been in the uh, the cooking pot for a while between Cowboy and I. I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, so I would like you to just lead us, Cowboy. Where do you want um, to start here? I guess let's uh, let's kick it off talking about new shows. That's always a okay a, a good tangent. So, uh, what are you watching this season? Uh, for me, because I like my anime, I'm getting into it more. I've only started one new show because I had just finished watching Hunter Hunter. Um. So that was my first time going through that. And now for the new season of stuff, I actually uh, started up recently Promised Neverland, which is really fucking good. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a, a spicy one, to I, say in the least. I really like it. And usually I'm not a, okay, I gotta watch the next episode kind of guy. I, especially with anime, I, I'm, I'm, I can stop myself at pretty much any point um, outside of 
Hero Academy was one I'm in love with, so that was really hard to stop. But when it came to Promise Neverland, I've never clicked next episode quicker. That shit was fucking good. I love well, the use of camera yeah. angles. It was so different from any other anime I've seen. It was the first episode also wraps up with like a massive twist. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. spoil anything on the, the the podcast, obviously, but it's like you get to the end of the episode and you're just like jaw drop. Like, okay, I need more now, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's how I felt because I thought, okay, you know, I'm not the anime expert. Where maybe maybe. My, my taste is different from others. So I told my friend Vinny, who, who's probably watched a fucking thousand plus anime, go check this out. Tell me what you think. And he did. And he was he went, dude, that was a really good first episode. He was blown away. So that's when I knew, okay, there's got to be something special here. Um, yeah. I, I think it's because what, what, I, what attracted me to this show when I first saw it was that it's not this, here's another anime group with powers and, and they're going to fight some big bad guy. It's wow. These are orphans and they are really yeah. fucked and that's it. I thought that was a really interesting, unique premise. No. Yeah. I vibe with that a lot too. Just mm-hmm. the, you know, like they need to come up with, with organic thought out solutions to solve a problem as opposed to, you know, calling upon the power of the say star to get yeah. powered up and fight the <laughs> bad guy or whatever the case is. I'm actually interested in checking out say now. Cause, um, uh, I played the Jump Force beta, and I, the one character that I really loved playing was Saint Seiya. Ah, oh, the overpowered one, yes. Yes, yes very, <laughs> very familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, but I, I loved him, man, and I was like, okay, I kind of want to check out this show now. But So you, you really keep tapped in on anime. Then what, what new season anime would, would you recommend to people outside of, I guess, Promised Neverland, which seems to be high on your list? Uh, Shield Hero. Shield Hero. Hmm. Shield Hero. Um... Basically, it's it's an isekai, which isekai are, well, it's, just, it's the rising of the shield hero is the full name, but isekai are anime where it's usually somebody that's pulled, pulled into an alternate world. So, you know, you have stuff like ReZero, you have Sword Art Online, those are all isekais, and it's a really popular genre. But Definitely. one of the big faults with it is every character is usually a Mary Sue. They have some kind of mystical power, or when they came to this world, God gave them, like, there, there's a whole one where the guy goes to the world and he has a smartphone, and God maxes his stats and you see the guy like oh let me use google maps and search for enemies and then i'll multiply my spell and kill all the enemies and it's like all right this is just fucking ridiculous um but this show follows a guy he's basically a regular jerk off and he gets transported to this world and they're like you need to be a legendary hero and he's like i don't know anything and there's four of them he gets a shield whereas his his uh the other ones get like a sword spear and a bow so he's already like what the hell am i supposed to do with the shield you can't fight with this right and it you know it, it real real quick Shit ramps up. Um, he basically gets like betrayed. All of his money gets stolen. He's denounced by the kingdom, and it takes a really dark turn. So you have this like protagonist that, you know, basically has everything going against him. He still has a job to do, so he's going to make it work anyway. And uh, so far, it's just been it's been really good. And I think one of the big things is the first episode, just to help set the stage. Um, they kicked things off with basically like a almost an hour long episode. So, oh wow, that's I've actually it, never seen that before. Yeah, they really they really set the stage well, I think, as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of shows where you know you get that that twenty minutes and then it's like, all right, when's the next one? I want to see more. Right. Um, that's not to go too that, much. That though. kind of that more than anything is what has my attention now because usually you feel like they they pile all this good shit into the first episode, obviously to get you invested and make you try to keep giving episodes chances down the line. Um, yeah. Even even Promise Neverland's kind of guilty of that, right? Um, but that's 
cool that they kind of put all their eggs in one basket for the first episode and said, let's deliver a real complete introduction to the characters here and then continue the story afterwards. And the episodes are standard anime length, like usually 20 minutes after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Carrick, what about you? What is your history with, with anime? Record of Lotus War? Lotus War. You guys remember that? Ancient. I Super do. Super old. Yeah, so, old, old mech show, right? Yeah, and then Robotech, Macross, that's pretty much it. That's I, I've watched a couple because of Maddie. Uh, I watched, Sam, what was that, Samurai Champlui? Actually, I watched all of that. Okay. That, so, and that's it. Most of the time, I am I, more of like a cartoon fan, like 1980s, like Transformers. I just can't, I've never been able to get into anime. So I, I mean, I've our, seen like the movies, yeah. but... Because there's so, kind of on that note, there's a, it's a newer show that came out called SSSS Gridman, and it actually... Um, I, I'm looking all these up as you guys talk, by the way. Yeah, That's what so I'm it's kind doing. of a, a throwback to, to the old um, giant robot versus monster movies that were so popular in Japan back in like the 90s and the 80s. And cool. so you have, I mean, the, the story is you know, kind of a meh story. This guy, he, he wakes up with amnesia, he's kind of the chosen one, he's, he's Gridman, but so he transforms into this, this uh, Ultron-looking dude... And then he can combine with other people to like get extra parts or get a sword. And uh, it's it's definitely a good kind of throwback. This one actually looks anime. right up. Yeah, this one actually looks right up my alley. To be honest, I I need robots for some reason, or yeah. like I the giant robots help me to sort of enjoy mm -hmm. it. Also, about, I'll um, be honest, anime creeps me out a little bit. Oh so yeah, no, there's there's definitely the, a uh, the a look slow roll. Yeah, yeah, and so it has to be like robots always works for me. Um, like in some of the ones Maddie suggested, I've watched you know like a little bit of, but it just depends. It just when depends. This one looks awesome. What do you mean? Yeah, like, so do you mean like legitimately you, like, oh, this is creepy. Well, or, or... so most most shitty cartoons are are usually twenty four frames per second, like older nineteen eighties cartoons. So there's sort of a jankiness to them. Right. The slick motion in anime. Um, there's a term for it, and I can't remember what it is, but it's like it's not a phobia, but it looks creepy. It's almost like when you take a cartoon and overlay it on a human, like the old Lord of the Rings cartoon, which fucking freaked everybody out because it was real humans with graphics overlaid on them. Okay. And it looks very uncanny. And it starts to tell your brain, this is real, but it's not. For whatever reason, a lot of anime gets me that way. And then I always make the mistake of watching the anime with some weird fucking tentacle creature. Yeah. Fucking bird, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not going to everybody will be like, hey, you should watch this. Shamur or Samurai was fine. I had no problem with that. But there's been a couple where friends have suggested it, and after 15, 20 minutes, even Akira, I was a little, like, like fucking big eyeballs coming out. I was just like, all right, I'm done. Like, I, I don't know why. There's always been this little, uh, a, a little bit of discomfort when watching them, for whatever well, reason. Yeah, I'd say grid, grid bands. What about, Maddie? have you ever told them about uh, Gurren Lagann? Never mm -mm. even heard of that. See, that's, that's another good How mech one that... Uh, just Gurren Lagann? Yeah, G-G-U-R-E-N. Um... It's another like, you know, following the journey of of this this dude who basically, it ends up becoming a mech anime, and it starts off kind of slow, but it ramps up into probably one of the best mech animes ever made. Like, oh, it's, very cool. Like, there, and, um, there is know, a uh, there was a ah, a I can deal with this. I can deal with this. This kind of animation for Gurren yeah. Lagann, I think I'm pronouncing it right. That yeah. I can deal with for sure. There is a sci-fi one that I can't remember the name of. I only watched three episodes of it, but it was Just very describe like, it, and I could yeah. probably yeah. I was gonna I say that's exactly it. what I was about to do. I was totally trusting your abilities. It's like 1980s themed. Um, I think it was originally a movie. 
um, from Japan. They brought it to the U.S. They split it up into a show. I think Star was actually in the name. Uh, 1980s. I want to say 1980s or 70s. Kind of remastered it. It's about a guy who was on a spaceship... Are you talking uh, about Cowboy Bebop? Or no, no you're talking no, about not not Bebop, brother, but anyway, I think it's, it's, uh, it's Star Star Outlaw. No, or uh, Outlaw Star, Outlaw Star. He's like a bounty hunter, and he has a spaceship and a, a whole gang with him. No, no, because like his brother was on a planet with a crashed ship, and I think his brother died, and then he flies this ship and lands on that planet and uh, on this mission and find, finds his brother dead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a a episode where this grounded ship has like giant turret cannons along it and they shoot it up into the sky on on some enemy that's about to attack them from very far away i wish i could fucking remember it outlaw star looks up my alley uh the other one that i i forgot i did uh did watch a bunch of was the fucking dude with the navy destroyer that's in space um uh captain spar spar uh fucking sparlock or whatever the fuck his name is i can't remember Starlock, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I did watch a bunch of that. Really liked that, actually. To be honest, that I really liked. I mean, I know, and on the the note of uh, Samurai Shampoo, they they just rebooted. It's on Amazon. It's called Dororo. And it was actually a a cartoon back in the 60s that followed a manga. And they've they've rebooted it as an anime series. And it's um, it's basically Sekiro in anime form. You have this guy who's... um, His dad made a deal with devils. The devils took the organs of his unborn son so the kid comes out like limbless and whatnot and the anime follows his journey killing these demons to get back his organs oh very cool yeah i'm looking at that right now Dororo. this is amazon mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's on prime oh, good good i've got prime i'm trying so hard to find this right now the one <laughs> i didn't get a chance to see and i know maddie's said it was awesome i, I don't think cowboy i don't think we talked about this last podcast but it, 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 did you like castlevania the Castlevania one that was on Castlevania Netflix. was the it the first season is good but very short it's only four episodes um but I like Castlevania a lot like more than anything it got me hyped for I want a new Castlevania game now oh gotcha but yeah Castlevania was really good and it was actually refreshing because that's a a full English studio like it's it's anime style right. but that's American media um Kinda so like, it's good uh, to Ruby see in a way I guess uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a giant fan of Ruby, but I mean, I mean, to the extent that that Ruby is an American studio as well, yes. Um, yeah, but the animation is completely different. The story is mm-hmm. completely different. But yeah, Castle- Castlevania was a very um, nice foray by Americans into the realm of anime. I think that's very cool. I keep seeing Steins Gate, Cowboy Bebop, Parasite: The Maxim. That's a really good one. I love oh, Parasite. Parasite's, Parasite's dark. Yeah. Now, you want to talk about dark? I've heard, I've heard, I'm going off just what my friends told me, that uh, Goblin Slayer, like the first episode. No, no, no. All right, so let's let's talk a second about Goblin Slayer. This anime started off, and it's not necessarily bad, but it started off with the shock factor of a young girl getting raped by goblins in the first episode. Right, that's what I And, yeah, there was a ton of of media backlash on it, but the main reason was because the show didn't say any of that. And it, 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 you know, it, it's a recurring theme throughout it that, that you know, establishing how, what, what depraved creatures these goblins are. And it really blew up. And I mean, it's not necessarily a bad show, but it definitely wasn't one of the better shows. Like, it was, it was a good show, but it wasn't like, you know, it's not going to beat any history books. It's not Cowboy Bebop. I mean, there's a lot of really dark stuff out there. You have like Elf and Lied, that's pretty messed up. Uh, I think the classic is Neon uh, Genesis Evangelion, mm-hmm. which that's getting rebooted. Well, it's not getting rebooted. I think it's being remastered or something, but they're bringing the full series back. 
And that's one of those where it's like, you, you need to, I feel like you need to be through at least 10 or 15 animes before you try watching Evangelion. So it's one of those shows that you're just like, what the fuck is going on in this? This is, this is way too goddamn deep for what's happening mm-hmm. here. I mean, that's, I'll, that's, let's talk about uh, kind of on that note, starting with anime. So, I mean, my personal go-to has always been Cowboy Bebop. It's slick animation. It has catchy music. It has a likable cast and actually a really good story. I think that's, that's one of the, the kind of all-time famous animes um, going more into kind of the shonen realm, how you were mentioning like Hero Academia, uh, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, another really, really solid longstanding one that has, you know, good characters, good animations, good fights. Um, and then you, you know, once you, once you get a hang of it, that's when you start going into more, which one, what was it called? I think it was called, this is a movie though, but I know it was split up and I think it had like a different name, but it was called Farewell to Space Battleship Yamato. Hmm. Space Battleship Yamato. That's what I was talking about earlier. That was it, yeah. Yeah, that that that's the one I was talking about. I've seen that one. Okay. Okay. That was that's it. the one I've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was it because I remember that. The, oh, the gotcha. Space Battleship Yamato. I remember that. Yeah, that's one of the. That's an old school. It's old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, I'm just looking it up right now. Just to make sure. Yes, that is for sure. It. My go-to recommendations have uh, has always been what got me into anime, which was Attack on Titan. I think, because mm-hmm. for a while, I was one of those kids who, oh, I like Pokemon, I like Dragon Ball, I like Naruto, and then they're like, but I don't like anime. Oh, well, do you know those are anime? I go, oh, they are, so I do like anime. Um, and a lot of people are like that, so I consider what an introduction like that would be, such as uh, Attack on Titan, to be a gateway anime, I call it, yeah. where, where there's just really cool characters, action, um, an interesting story. Yeah, and, good, good shock in yeah, the start. Yeah. I was say, I, I'd agree with that. You, shows you off the bat. Okay, anime is a good, enjoyable medium, and there is a bit of a stigma attached to it, I guess, um, because I think it's also shown in Promise Never, Neverland, where often we see these in every anime introduction, you know, characters like running and jumping through trees and doing cool badass stuff with long swords and shit. Um, and I think that's kind of the the go to cliche. And yeah. then you see in Promise Neverland, wow, this is just a, a, a a self-contained story about kids in an orphanage and it's not about superpowers at least from what i know not yet um i i really like that that no one's got these special abilities these are it's just a really um not touching that's not the right word but just it's just an interesting premise yeah Yeah. it's a very disturbing concept if you were there but an interesting premise as a viewer well Um, there's i think that's a problem with a lot of people that want to get into anime you see all this like like Nissan, but that, that that's like it, like so many anime. It's like there's always the 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 little sister that's in love with the brother, and it's like why why do you like this so much, Japan? And the little uh, like lollies. On the good side, there's actually a lot of really good stuff out there that doesn't have that trash. But it's you know that's that's the hard part with anime. Every season you get you know ten fifteen new shows, and it's sorting through the garbage to find the stuff that's enjoyable. Yeah, that's why I, I think part of it is I feel anime is such a team effort because uh, I have a friend who watches so much of it that he can kind of guide me where probably the – you said you keep up with Fate a lot, so hear me out. But the, the worst anime I think I've watched was uh, Fate – is it Fate Stay Night? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, fate, fate just goes – it goes all over. There's a lot of yeah. tropes. I thought um, – I just thought Fate Stay Night was really average. 
Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's there, there was some cool. Describe, there were some cool action scenes, but I thought overall they didn't. There was potential within these characters that they did nothing with. The overall story was never grabbing me at any point. Uh, yeah. And like it was just fun action when there when there was some. So that's kind of it served its purpose in that way. But that was definitely the most average one. So if that's the most average one I've watched, I've been steered in a pretty good direction, I'd say. What about um, uh, One Punch Man? That's that one, one that I was at, I was actually going to start that uh, this weekend. That's but, that's going to be one, Carrick. You'd probably vibe with this one too. Um, one Punch Man. One Punch Man. It's a show about this. Oh, this, One Punch Man. He he. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's this guy. Just, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, looking at this right now. <laughs> yeah. He he just trains and he basically gets so powerful that um he he can't get a challenge. Like every fight he gets in, he defeats him with one punch. Um, but the, the show follow, I mean, the animation is good. The story's good. There's, there's good jokes throughout it. Um, and that's actually finally slated for a season two in the next couple months. But that's a, that's another good, like introductory anime, I think for, for even folks that don't watch anime, like my one friend, he doesn't, the only thing yeah. he's familiar with is Dragon Ball. And I was just about to say, would you compare it to Dragon Ball? Cause Dragon Ball Z is my favorite. It's, it's absolutely like, even after I've watched a ton. It's not that they're mm-hmm. not better in Dragon Ball Z because there are plenty that are better in it, but I guess that that series I feel was so iconic. And oh yeah, I, I love oh, yeah. so much about it uh, from its characters. The I love the art um, and everything. Yeah, Dragon Ball is very much. I think. Um, I mean, if you were to like look at a statistic of like everyone's first anime, I think Dragon Ball probably hits the mark for yeah. a, a huge amount of people. You know, especially because exactly. it was one of the first super popularized animes here in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So much so that people didn't even, like you said, people didn't even realize it was anime. They were just like, "Oh yeah, it's a, that's Dragon Ball." You know, I watched right. that in the mornings on yeah, Saturdays. It associated itself in a way, which is cool. Yeah. What I was gonna um, say is, would you would you say, for example, that One Punch Man would be a good first anime? Because I love Dragon Ball in a way because I, I love Goku and I, I like his kind of like what you said with One Punch Man. He's always training because. Yeah, he he gets so strong that there's no challenges. And in Dragon Ball, the theme is always Goku gets to a new height. He meets an yeah. opponent whose base value is pretty much way better than Goku at highest power. So Goku has to elevate, and it's always that's kind of the theme every single time. Like we just even saw it in Broly. Like one yeah. of Goku's best versions was nothing, and and Broly matched him in like 15 minutes. It was crazy. Because uh, Broly is yeah, the OG man. <laughs> he really is. He's he's my main in uh, in Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh just, no! Just, oh, dude, <laughs> the, the no. hyper armor just yeah. trounces people. No, no, I can't talk. I was a sixteen main for the longest fucking time. Dude, I I run sixteen as my third just to go no. for the, the, the the cheeky one shot kill on people. No, wait, hold on. <laughs> you got you probably got. I'm gonna guess your third member. All right, if you're running those two, you got to run someone else who's really fucking whack. Uh. I'm gonna go with Bardock. Not cooler. Cool. Okay, I respect that. I respect. Got got, got out of the beefy boy squad, man. I respect that. You know, because I thought you were gonna have like another character that's just busted. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I really, I really like the 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 combos of Cooler. He's he's a he's a nice like melee mm-hmm. melee heavy, but he has some some cool energy finishers. I mean, I, I play I play characters mostly for flavor. I've just always loved. Oh, dude, my oh, squad oh, is. Yeah. Like when I when I played it at launch, I've changed my squad so many times. When it launched, though, I was for a while. I mained it would be Trunks, Goku, Super Saiyan Goku, I should specify, and uh, sixteen. That was kind of like the main squad I rolled with for probably seventy hours. 
I know, see, Carrick's got these these faces. I'm curious what what clips he's looking at. <laughs> no, so I I because I think I told this to Maddie because I think I chose characters. I could be wrong, but I think I chose characters he didn't like. But I love Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and I played the the fucking the baby. Uh, he looked the giant Go-Tang? fucking baby. Go, yes, Go-Tang, and then sorry. the cat, the cat. Go oh, tanks. Beerus. Yes, and. The, and I and I think somebody it may not have been Maddie but somebody was all over me about and I can't even remember everybody's got Those a are good different picks. reason like, why they hate they're I, not, I they're lo- respectable picks because yeah. I'm flavor too like I want them to look cool or funny in injustice or what have you and I fuck when this giant fucking fat baby showed up I'm like dude <laughs> oh he's boo. my character forever but is it Boo it's the with just super the big pink guy just, yes yeah, yeah. It's the fat one oh. Yeah, Fat-boo. I love Fat-boo, yeah. I love him and the cat guy. And then the other ones, I would pick random Android sixteen or whatever his name is fifty six, sixteen, seventeen. I can't <laughs> fucking remember. Um, right, sixteen. I was right the first time, wasn't I? You Isn't were it Android. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I got I got one right. But um, I pick for flavor for sure, especially in that game because it was so over the top mm-hmm. and so like awesome. Gra- I just I fucking dig that game, even though. I think it's a little busy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But I, ju- I just adored some of the goofy ass fucking like character designs in that, yeah. and I liked them all. I, I, I think the other one I picked, did I pick? Was it Vegeta? Vegeta. Vegeta. I picked. Yeah. I picked somebody that people were like, "You picked a too powerful character" or something like that. I can't. I, feel, I can't remember I feel what that's it was. a game where, as long in my opinion, as long as you're not picking Bardock or Goku Black or Broly, sorry, Cowboy, um, <laughs> you're probably in a good spot for not having a really busted pick that comes off yeah. the top of my head. Because Bardock is, is – he has a low health pull, but he hits so fast and so hard. It's, oh, yeah, his it's combo potential is just insane. goofy. Yeah, he's easily, in my opinion, the best character in the game. Because um, his core I really, I really like or, or Square is so fucking good. I, I dig the fuck out of that game, man. Like, yeah, I, I love how they... Uh, oh, so good. The control scheme for it, too, I think, is one of the best things, because you can really pick up any character. Like, there's enough individuality to, like, learn learn movesets and learn combos, but yep. at a basic level, you can pick anybody, and as long as you understand, like, how to do, you know, like, like X for your regular moves, triangle for your, your other moves, like, you, you can just roll with it very fast. Hey, if you guys are... Excited about fighters. Did you know this weekend is the the fighters tournament and yes, indeed season two along with the yeah, Dragon Ball I, Z game. I, I did. I, I I don't watch them live, but I usually end up watching the highlights just to Same. to see the ridiculous potential of combos. Yeah, right. See, like, see, but this one I I'm actually going to be tuning into because I I want to <laughs> I want to cover the Dragon Ball action RPG whenever it's announced because it's an RPG and that's my fucking bread and butter. And yeah. if it's Dragon Ball, I really want to just get in on that. But um. Yeah, man, I know that Jiren was confirmed for season two, and I'm imagining if Jiren is is confirmed, then they're probably going to do Ultra Instinct Goku as the other side of the character. Um, but I feel like season two is really going to focus on the the universe survival arc. Seems yeah, it'll be or saga arc arc. I just hope they're not too OP. I feel like that's a that's kind of a problem you see with with fighting games. DLC is, and fighting mm-hmm. games, yeah. Yeah, like for, for Honor is super guilty of it. Every time they have a new hero, it's like just everybody's cheeks get clapped by this brand new guy because he has move sets that the originals just can't compete with at all. Right. And it takes yeah, they don't balance them well at all. I don't know yeah. what it is. It usually takes three or four balancing patches after a new. It even happened in fucking Injustice, it, and it happened in Mortal Kombat when the, the like, different DLC comes out. And you're like, Jesus out of Christ. Curiosity, 
do you think that stuff is intentional to an extent? And the reason I ask that is because to get you to do it, get it, get you to do it. But does the developer does the developer want to sit there and dedicate extra <laughs> time to making a shit character? Wouldn't it be more frustrating if a developer released? I'm saying oh. this because I've never thought of it this way. But if a developer released a DLC character, I was like, God, this one sucks. He's fucking awful, or she's fucking awful. Yeah, you're not gonna buy him. Yeah, exactly. But if she's yeah, good, except, I, I'd say it is. buy it now. And then tweak it later. I know Injustice um, um, has Hellboy, and it, he was terrible. He was beyond oh, belief terrible. Yes. So that's the he uh, just dawned on me. Do you remember him, Maddie? Yeah. When he got really, he was fucking. He was horrendous. So, but yeah. I agree with you. I think they do, or or at the very least, yeah. No, they probably do. Right. I mean, there's really no reason not to do it because you can just say, "Hey, here's the new guy," and mm-hmm. everybody's playing him because they're like, "Wow, he's really good." And then they look at it and they're like, "Okay." And then oh, they yeah, slowly Blizzard, patch him down. For um for Blizzard's MOBA, Heroes of the Storm, every time they would release a new hero, they would be right. in competitive play, they were instantly banned because every single hero would come out disgustingly overtuned and able to like right. almost wipe an entire team. And then after, you know, three weeks or so when the, the character wasn't brand new, then then they would tone it down after they got that right. initial I want this new guy now. Smite, I'll pay 10 Smite bucks. had a similar issue. Uh, I remember Chernabog came out. That one was really busted, and he he almost gets banned in every every match if the players can pick what gods they want to ban. I haven't played in a couple of months, so I don't know how King Arthur turned out or the new assassin that they released it turned out. But uh, you know what's funny is PlayStation released a thing that you could use to round up your stats for the year. You could see like your top three most played games. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see like what what genre you played the most of, how much t- like how many days of the year you played PS4, uh, all this type of stuff. It's actually really cool to just sign into your account and see all the shit you did. And Smite was my most played game last year. Hmm. What was your most played game? Smite. It's like a third person MOBA. Yeah. No, I I, almost, I just almost I was just hours. really surprised. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Even amongst. It, yeah. All right. That's what I thought. In my third, interesting. In my, my top three was. Fighters. This one was weird. Call of Duty, which I don't. I don't sit there and grind COD. I play game battles, so it counted times where I was just sitting idly in the lobby. You, right. you can't lie to us, Maddie. PlayStation knows you actually love Activision <laughs> Call of Duty. All right, it's no just, shit, it's right? Out. No, I know, and people will probably cru- crucify me for that one. But uh, and then well, the third, I watched you. On, you streamed it too. Yeah, because I watched you on stream yeah, playing it a couple yeah, times, if I, not once, at least once. I did because th- I, I did say before. I think I've said it before. If not, then this will be the moment I say it. That I, I do think Black Ops Four is good. I, I like. No, Black yeah, Ops yeah, yeah. Well, I like Black Ops Four. Yeah. Um, and then the last one was Dragon Ball Fighters. I had 120 in that. Ooh. Right. I don't have that much, but I it's, fucking it's, love that game. <laughs> I have a um. One of my new neighbors, I shouldn't say new, he moved in like a year and a half ago, but a young couple that moved in, uh, and me and the, the guy instantly hit it off. We were talking about Dragon Ball, and now like once a month we have a showdown to see who's the dominant in fighters for, for that month. And it's like, we'll do, we'll do like nine rounds or something, and currently I'm in the lead. He, he has not been able to beat my Broly, but we're, uh, we're coming up on our battle, and I haven't played in, in basically since the last time, so I have, to, I have to get in about four hours of practice, make sure I'm, I'm, I still got my skills. Now wait, now hold on. Are you one of those people who, even if you're blocking and you do your quarter circle forward, I think it's triangle or Y, mm-hmm. you you do that grab move where you drag someone into the corner. Does that work even if they're blocking? Yeah. Oh, if I remember correctly. Because yeah. you can do that, and then after that, I usually go into the, yeah, the kick-up aerial combo that you end with his like giant ball of knock you the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and it uh, <laughs> it works very effectively. Is that his old? Yeah. 
That's, that might be his ult. Yeah, the, the ult. But you can you can do like a, it's like a 16 hit aerial combo, and you can do a couple of uh, you can like feed in a couple of key blasts. And if you if you do the uh, the fast one as opposed to the slow one, uh, you activate it in air, and you actually catch them with the ball. So they take damage the whole time the ball's traveling, mm-hmm. and the explosion for for a KO. Man, I like you less all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, yeah, we never we never played each other. I might we I might actually be potato if you've put in that many hours. I haven't played in a decent amount of time. I played it a couple of days ago. Um, I, but I also have stepped away from the squad that I usually main now because, like you said, for flavor. I was I was saying this early, but I, I think I never finished my sentence. Um, but now my squad is Android sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. I just run full Android. Oh, oh that's it, cool. It's fucking. Awesome. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's very cool. Very yeah. cool. The only thing that kind of bugs me is that you're playing as android 17 from the universe survival saga or i keep saying it arc but then you have 18 and 16 who are from the original android arc yeah it's a little it's a little weird yeah like why is this not especially because android 18 has an ability uh of multiple abilities where she can call in uh android 17 and when he comes in it's it's android arc Android 17. Yeah, it's, it's the OG one. Yeah. I thought they were going to add... Uh, I didn't think they were actually going to add him. I thought they were going to add Super 17 when he got put into the game, and it was regular, and I was kind of like, wait, what? Why, why not? Because Super 17 is a pretty... I mean, he's not he's not a super well-known villain, but, you know, we got yeah. Cooler in there. We got Broly, who's finally canon now. Yeah, I feel I feel this season two is where we're going to see them step out of uh, into some interesting territory with the characters. I think they were adding the Gokus, the Vegetas uh, of every form. Uh, but I think season two, we're going to see them dig deeper because they have to now. Like, yeah, we're going to see Jiren and, and, and Ultra Instinct Goku because it's timing out with the English, um, what is it, the English part of Dragon Ball Super because that's still not done yet. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like th- that's why they, they're going to do that first. And then after that, I'm sure we'll see Raditz. I'm surprised we haven't seen him yet, but... Because how can you have Nappa? You can have, but not Raditz, yeah, right? Yeah. You have OG, and we have original Goku and original Vegeta too. So yeah, it's like exactly, you, and so you need Raditz. So Raditz, he's got to happen. Um, I would, I would be curious because they have so many versions of Goku and Vegeta. If they did a a version of Broly from the movie, yeah, I was thinking about that too because they definitely um, changed them up in the. Mm-hmm. In the game, right now at least, we have kind of like OG Broly, like big, beefy, smash you. And, and in the the and movie, he was definitely to Broly at that. Yeah, <laughs> Broly yeah, he was he was a lot talk. slimmer in the movie. Like, I mean, I know he always had his untransformed version, but even his transformed version didn't seem as like uber muscled as the original Broly did. Did you love right. that movie as much as I did? <sighs> Probably not as much as you, but I did love it. Okay. I did love it. it. It was everything I expected, but I don't know if I can. Uh, compete with your level of Dragon Ball fandom. So. <laughs> Don't say it like that. It's probably true. Um, yeah, as for other DLC characters and fighters, who else could they add? Yeah, because here's the thing, is some characters have support, like yeah. Ginyu. They have Wait, Ginyu did, in there. did Gogeta? Is Gogeta in the game? They added no, Vegito, Vegito, but they didn't add Gogeta mm, yet. Okay, there's one. They might, they might do him as Super Saiyan God instead of that could actually work. Instead of adding another Goku and Vegeta, they add uh, mm, Super Saiyan God Gogeta along with the new Broly. I would like that. I think. And then I could have there. a Broly and a Broly in my lineup. Oh my oh, god, no. twice the cancer. <laughs> no. Um, hmm. Golden Frieza. Janemba. That would be dope. Janemba would be cool. Janemba's a really cool villain. I feel like he didn't, he didn't... I mean, he was only in that one movie, but... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just like I'm just looking at like my old cards and seeing if anyone pops out. Dodoria, Zarbon. Zarbon would be cool. I feel like I've seen Zarbon in a leak in the past. I don't know why. I'd love for Whis to be playable for once. Because you never see Whis fight. You see him in, even in Broly, they tease us. You see him like dodging Broly's attacks. Yeah. And I just want to see Whis fight one time. That's all I want. Um, They have more, multiple forms of Piccolo I guess they could do. But, yeah, but Piccolo's kind of turned into the, the meh guy. guy. Yeah. No, I hate that too. The, the, him and Gohan got ruined in Super. Yeah. They took, they took him. King Cold? Uh, I don't know. I think that'd be a stretch. Yeah. Uh, hit they have. They could always go uh, go Ginyu Force. Like full, full Ginyu Force. They did that with a lot of the, the Xenoverse games. Well, they have. Ginyu, who can call in yeah. Ginyu Force. Yeah, true, so they probably wouldn't add him as full characters. But, I mean, you, you can call in, like, 17. True. What about sure. old cells? They could add the older, older versions of cells instead of just perfect. I would like that. They would oh, probably wait. just, oh, just wow. do non-transformed. No, you know what they gotta do? They gotta, they gotta do, um, like, Kale, Kalifa, Kaba. They gotta do them. 100%, yeah. I feel. Because people love the Universe Six, love them. So I would, I would like to see those those guys added and girls. That'd be interesting. Anyway, so funny. I love how we, we started talking about Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, I was gonna say instantly an, devolved anime. into yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that just goes to show how how strong Dragon Ball is. Is kind of that you know, it's yeah. it's, it's like a gateway drug into the world of anime. It really is. I, I still recommend it to people to this day. Just don't don't expect anything out of this world, animation wise. It's not not as good as it once was. But they do some cool tricks mm-hmm. to like show speed in that show that the the technology just couldn't do. Like in yeah. in Broly, we see like the character moving at this fast speed, and you can feel it because the environment's moving too with the camera. But in, in actually watching Z again, because I'm on episode I think forty, like watching again how they they make speed an actual thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really cool how they do it. Like, camera angles are, are a really important part of that, I've noticed. It's, it's awesome. No, yeah, Drag- Dragon Ball definitely takes a... Uh, they take a lot of time and care in their fights. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you know, a lot of the, the other stuff, you get kind of potato animation. But that's how it is with just about any show. You know, you have your... Did you like Super? Um, as I look back on it more, I didn't like it as much. Yeah. I thought the first 70 episodes were just Goku and Vegeta. And I was like, okay, I like these characters, but the whole other part of the cast was also why I really loved this show. Yeah. And they, and they do give them their love at the end, but... It just took a while to get there is all, yeah. so... And I know the animation, a lot of people... Uh, when I started watching more Dragon Ball YouTubers, it seemed like a lot of people took issue with animation in that show. With what part of it? Just, I know. Just felt it was so I had hard. heard someone mention specifically in a video. I was geeked them. I think episode five, apparently for Super, was abysmal. Well, the I think part of it is the start of Super was kind of like getting America in it a little bit late because there were all the the movies basically covered what we did. So they were like trying to hmm. you know catch an audience up. And there's, I mean, for I wouldn't say it was filler, but they basically made it like it was, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so, you know, now it's at the point where it's like, it's, you know, I don't want to say super prime, but we're in like the prime time of it, you know, 
but it, it took a while to get there. So yeah, because they they had confirmed pretty much that. Well, they it was confirmed by their actions, and then and then the the animators had come out and said like it's not true, we're not doing that. But it's pretty much we know new episodes of Super are in development, so that's good to know, and that they're they're apparently have been pre-producing it since October. So that's even yeah. better to hear. But you got some other, other kind of shows. Cause I, I would dragon ball very much. is kind of like the King of Shonen. it's been around forever. But like you said, there's a lot of other stuff. You got Naruto in that bucket. Um, one piece watched, like, falls Naruto, into that bucket. Example. I just don't find, I never really mesh with Naruto. I think one of my, my all time favorite shows, um, it's well known, but not a lot of, I, I mean, it's weird to say it's well known and not well known at the same time, but mm. it's a show called Gintama. I've heard of um, it. Yeah, it's like the Deadpool of anime. The whole show is just like constant fourth wall breaks and and <laughs> making for like the, there's an like I've there's episodes where that. that's interesting. Yeah, there's episodes where where the main character talks about he's like, when am I going to get my special? When are those guys over at Jump going to give me a, a, my kamehameha? And like they they blurp it out and stuff just for comedic effect. But he's like, <laughs> you know, he he does like fake kamehamehas and there's like spoof episodes where they're they're wow. finding like the one pan instead of the one piece and. The whole thing is just a, it's like a, a comedy cool. anime, but it's, it's a shonen at the same time. And it's, uh, nice. I don't know. I think, I think if you wanted to, to try, try getting into a long series, I think it's, it's a lot more appreciated by an older audience, like mm. late twenties into thirties. Um, yeah, but that's, see, that's a really interesting. I'm one. like terrified to get into a long series. I, I watched Hunter Hunter and I get why people love it. It is a great show in many ways, but there is yeah. such a lack of narrative focus on that show. It's mm-hmm. it's pitiful at times. I mean, it it could be worse. Hunter Hunter, I think, wrapped up at a decent time. You have stuff like uh, mm-hmm. like Bleach. Bleach is one of those shows that God, it didn't end when it was supposed to, and you know you could tell like even you know just especially once you get past like kind of the the finale with with Eisen and the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like they're just coming up with new reasons to continue the show, and you can oh, tell because yeah. the writing begins to go downhill. And it's, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing with like the Boruto. Like a lot of people I know that were hardcore uh, Naruto fans, the whole Boruto adventure, they're like, I don't give a shit about this. I don't care about your son. I cared about, about you know, I watched Naruto grow up and I watched him become, you know, Sage of the Six Paths and, and, and these badass battles. But I don't care about his kid. I didn't come here for his kid. But, right. you know, there's this huge fandom. And so they feel a need to keep it going. No, that's, that's very true. I guess, yeah, my, my issue with Hunter x Hunter was that there were some parts where they broke away from, like, what the main story was about, and I didn't get why they would do that. Um, it, it, I know Greed Island, a lot of people took issue with, but a lot of people didn't. I also didn't like in the Chimera arc how some parts were fully narrated, the, like, entire episodes. Uh, it kind of felt like the show was holding my hand. It didn't trust me to, to put pieces together while watching yeah. it all unfold. Some people did like that, though. Uh, so I guess some people advise with them better than myself. But with Hunter x Hunter, uh, York New is my favorite arc. I thought, because I think Karapka's the shit. I think he's so cool. And yeah. uh, I thought his his motivations were interesting. Um, and going and kill a lot are like neck and neck with like second place. Uh, so... I guess part of me was a little ticked that they had like these characters on the front of the show. Like, here's the group of four, and then two of them are just pieced out for like most of the show. It was really odd to me, but I feel it's because while creating the show, even in the last episodes, like they were teasing that Karapika's up to something else. Like you see him with the eyes of the Curva, just chilling there with a fucking full suit on, like he's been going through some shit. Yeah, and 
I remember thinking, okay, it's very clear that they had plans for this show and just went on hiatus. So yeah, well, that's that's the problem with a lot of uh, shonens. You know, you 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 want to have this huge cast and you want to have people that can um, you know compete with your main character and that are are you know just as powerful. You want to you know keep keep that power ceiling at a certain point, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, you want to give everyone their amount of screen time. Um, which is, I think, what makes so many people like My Hero. I think My Hero does a really good job of that. Oh, of it so it does. You know, like fleshing out each character and, and each person is, is very individual. But at the same time, you know, you, you're still cheering on, um, you know, little little uh, Midoriya. So Young Midoriya. <laughs> yeah, bro. I fucking love Hero Academy. That is, out of any new anime, that is probably my favorite. Because you got you got All Might, the big big old American yeah. dude, just <laughs> United States of Smash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I couldn't add more to it. I, the big reason I fell in love with Hero Academy is that side characters did not feel like side characters, and that I cheered for them as much as I did for Deku. And yeah. I didn't expect that ever. Um, and I also didn't expect that first episode to be as uh, engaging. Because I knew it was going to be... It was when I got into it, there was 60-something episodes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think... Or, no. Season 3 had not started, I want to say, yet. Um, so I, like, flew through that show and, and stuck with all of the new episodes. And I just remember really appreciating how every character kind of gradually got an origin story episode. And it, it didn't feel forced. Like, okay, here's a filler episode and we're just going to give you Bakugo's backstory. It was like yeah. paced well with the show and it felt like it was his time. Now it's, it's, uh, um, Uraraka's time. Let's focus on her a little bit. It has really some of the best pacing and character building of almost any show I've seen. It's See now, now when, um, when the Anthem beta doesn't work this weekend, everyone's got a list of shows they can, uh, <laughs> go, and, ah, go, go and sink their teeth in too. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the patrons like anime, so we got some good recommendations coming for them because they'll they'll have early access today, which means that they will have the whole weekend to take advantage. Uh, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of good stuff this season. I talked about Rising the Shield Hero. You mentioned Promised Neverland. Um, mm-hmm. Boogie Pop and Others got a reboot, which is a show. Uh, it's like supernatural ish horror mystery it was a show made back back in the day and uh honestly it was the early early 90s but they rebooted it and it's it's pretty dark like the first arc follows this uh it's a chimera basically that's like pretending to be girls in this high school so we can eat other students that's um, cool yeah and then on, on the flip side you got you know some like i think one of my, my favorites and this is a huge departure from everything we've talked about but it's a slice of life anime it's called my roommate is a cat and it's a show about this guy who's just Carrie's face. He's like, what yeah. the fuck? I mean, it's, it's, it's. I love the name of it though. It probably is exactly what it says. No, like, yeah, it's it's this guy who he, is a cat. Okay. Yeah, he's an author, and he ends up um, this stray cat just like follows him home after he feeds it one day, and the show like goes from the perspective of him to the perspective of the cat. And as somebody who has cats, it's just super fucking adorable. Like the whole show, I sit there with like a dumb smile on my face, curled up with a blanket. <laughs> It's like this cat is it's so, so funny because like when we hung out before, like I see you fucking chugging beers and shit, and the thought of you cuddled up in a blanket watching this type of anime is fucking hilarious. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm a I'm a massive weeb. <laughs> the joke Bro, is that I, one I day I study Japanese, gonna, so yeah. One day I'm gonna rebrand as Otaku Cowboy. Oh man, it'll, shit. it'll happen. 
That's fucking beast mode. I love it. All right. I think that'll... That was an hour almost dedicated to the anime <laughs> section, so I, I mean... Yeah. My I was noticing that. I looked at the time. I was like, damn, this is, this is the danger of talking about anime. Because yeah, we could keep fucking going if we really wanted to. Uh, we hope we gave you guys some good suggestions on what to watch, get the conversation going a bit for those of you who do uh, enjoy anime. And we'd love to hear from all of you uh, in the comments, tweets, all that stuff. Be sure, once again, to check out Cowboy's channel. Give him some love, give him some support, and uh, show him as much love for his microphone this time as people complained about it last episode, so we can make up the yeah, difference Yeah, here. no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was going to be crucified. <laughs> anyway, we will catch you guys next week in episode 188. Peace out. Peace out.